Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. One day trades. Three cents a share. That's three dollars. You cheap. And one plays scratch-offs. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. If they still work here, you can bet they're in the bend. Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. I think Joe started in 98, maybe 99, and I was an office guy and a, and a young scout and took Joe under my wing, and we did a lot of stuff together. He'll do an amazing job as an evaluator for the Chargers. He's got good opinions. He's a consensus builder. Obviously, this year we're going to have probably some change on the offensive line in different ways. Fortunately, this is a deep draft class, so we'll have a lot of different options in different rounds, players that we like at the offensive line position, at, at tackle and also guard. We built the team the right way. Uh, tremendous, tremendous pride for this team. And just, you know, as hard as it is, when I really step back and look at this season, I would say it was a resounding success in many, many different ways. So that gives me great hope that our future is very bright. Derek DeCosta, Ravens GM, met with the media, media yesterday. Indianapolis and the question was where's the state of the team right now your competitive window and all of those sorts of uh, big picture kind of questions and we can layer this up many different ways he said resounding success yep if you look at it in totality and I don't disagree with him you didn't win the Super Bowl which is the goal right a, a franchise like the Ravens Every year they go into a season with the expectation of winning a world championship. They were the number one seed. They hosted two playoff games, made it to the championship game for the first time in 11 years. They lost. Disappointing loss, no doubt about it. But outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, 31 other teams are going, if that's your goal, it's a disappointing season. So I would think, I don't know if it's a resound, it's success, yes. Because you accomplished a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And talk about windows and opportunities and we get people that call in, well, they, they've blown a golden opportunity. Maybe they did to win this year, but I don't think they blew a golden opportunity in 2019. Yep. But it doesn't put a finality onto what's going to happen in two years, what's going to happen in five years, what's going to happen next year. You can't come up with these absolute statements that they're never going to win. This is the best chance for them to ever win a Super Bowl. 
We were saying it five years ago. Yep. When they were 14 and 2 and won 12 straight games and were 10 point favorites at home against Tennessee. Best chance they'll have. Well, then this chance came along, was probably even better. Fell short. Yep. You can't just sit here, Vinny, and go, nah, they're never going to get it done because windows are closing. And we've discussed it for a month. And by the way, it's Vinny and Haney, 1057, the fan, Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw, Woman Crush Wednesday, pick a song. Favorite female artist or band will play it for you. Send it, and Nolan's got you covered. Today is February 28th. The loss to the Chiefs was a month ago today. Yep. And to flip it forward, the Orioles opened their season a month from today against the Angels. We'll get to the birds here in a minute. I don't think you can make these absolutes because you have a franchise quarterback in his prime who just won another MVP. And yes, he has his share of critics, most of them local, by the way. You have an all-pro center. You have two stud tight ends. One's a proven all-pro. Isaiah likely looks like he he played like an all-pro when Andrews got hurt. And you have a stud receiver in Zay Flowers. His issues to be determined here. Running back, blah, blah, we get you know, yeah. another week. But like you've said, defensive line, Matabike. Then move back with each layer of the defense. Yep, no doubt. And, and, and Bob, when you look at it, the years that was Lamar healthy the whole season in 2021-22? No. Okay. Remember, he missed the end of 21, missed yeah. the playoffs right. in 22. They still made it. The, the point that I'm making is, you know, you say, oh, you know, the window is closing. The two years, the two years, Lamar stayed healthy for the whole season. What did he do? MVP. So, I mean, they always got a chance. The, more so than anything else, it's about Lamar's health. Just like if Mahomes goes down, they're in trouble. Lamar goes down, you know, there's, there is, there's a ceiling to how far they can can get if Lamar's not there, and it's not very high. With Lamar there, we saw it. I mean, they were favored to go to the Super Bowl. Who's feeling worse, Bob? The Ravens or the Lions? Both lost in the championship game. Yeah. You know, and their expectations. And and they they were up big on the road. Yeah, and, you know, their coach says after the game, you know, this is it's tough. It's tough to, you know, come back again. But they've got a young, pretty young football team. And with the Ravens, they've got talent. The 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 thing that Detroit has over the Ravens, my opinion, is all their coaches are back. So there's no changes there where the Ravens defensively, there's going to be some growing pain. Just like last year with Munkin coming in, how long did it take the offense to get their stuff together? Probably about eight weeks. You know, and defensively, how long is it going to take for them to get it together, and can the offense carry them like the defense had to last year? Can the offense carry them while the defense gets their stuff together? And to put it in perspective a little bit more with Lamar, 2018, he takes over after the bye. Joe Flacco gets hurt. Yep. They go 6-1, and one, make the playoffs. Dip, change the offense completely. Mm-hmm. Vinny, remember we were they were one of the worst rushing teams of football, <laughs> right? And then they were one. They finished in the top five. Yeah, when it was all said done, because Gus Edwards was a rookie, Lamar was a beast. 2019 won the MVP, fourteen and two. 
2020. Played 15 games, made it to the divisional round. He had a quarterback rating of almost 100. 2021, gets hurt, misses all of December. They went from being the number one seed in the AFC to not even making the playoffs. 2022, they built up enough equity when he was playing that they, even though they faltered down the stretch, still got in the playoffs. And then this year, they were uh, 13 and four, number one seed again. My point is, I guess, in a long winded way, you look at the personnel from 2018 to 2023, what are the constants? Lamar. Lamar, Ronnie Stanley, I guess. Yeah. And even then, he was a little bit sketchy in 2021 and 22 because of injury. Gus Bus was along for the ride, even though he missed a full season. But you get the point, yeah. Mark Andrews. I mean, the one guy that when he's there, they win. His regular season record is undeniable. So, season of success, sure. Disappointing end to said successful season? Absolutely. But windows closing? No. Absolutely not. And, and, and Bob, when you look at it, you know, last year at the, what, the first eight games? He was MVP candidate again, you know, until he got hurt. He was player of the month in September. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like you're saying, as long as they have Lamar, they got a shot. As long as they got Lamar, they got a shot. And and that's that's the key. As He's just got to stay healthy and be able to play his game. And I think he's going to be much better next year than he he's He was MVP this year. He's going to be better next year because it's going to be year two of the offense. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. If you want to get in, you can at 410-583-1057. Going to hear more from Eric DaCosta. Going to hear from John Harbaugh as well. Throughout the course of the day, Cordell Woodland will be joining us 1130 talk about the Ravens as now we're into the draft phase of things because the combine begins in earnest tomorrow. And tell our listeners, Vinny, exactly why things ramp up and ramp up in a big way on Thursdays in Indy. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's two to three position groups a day that'll be doing their on-the-field workouts. The on-the-field players arrive two days before they go on the field. And why do they have to get there so early? They all got to get physicals. And and you know what? If when you go get the physical, and, and this is crazy because you go into the, the room and all 32 teams have their own doctors. They all have their own doctors. And each guy's got to go around the room. And if any one of 32 requests any kind of MRI, you got to go to the hospital. And then that takes more time. So that's why there's so much time built in. And there's the Wonderlick test. There's interviews. There's the heights and what or heights and weights where people don't like. I mean, this is how crazy it is. Is that you're in a room, all the scouts, coaches, everybody's sitting there, and then on a stage, the dudes come walking in in their underwear. And that's all they got on. I mean, they're totally naked other than their underwear because you want to see, you know, and the guy walks down and you're, you know, you're taking notes. You know, he's got, uh, he's got no butter. He's got uh, skinny legs and he's got <laughs> short arms. You know I mean? That's what you're writing down, you know, and then flat back. And then there's a, there's two guys up there and they're saying, Bob Haney. Oh boy. 5'11", 2". Jiggly. 191. <laughs> 
Two, two in T-O-O. Arm length, 32 and a quarter. Hand size, 12. You know, I mean, and then and then and then you walk back up through the crowd, and people are just staring at you as you're walking through in your underwear. <laughs> I don't like doing that when no money's in my house. It's Vinny and Eddie, 1057. The Fan Orioles win yesterday, 5-2. Jackson Holiday gets off the schneid, strikes out his first two at bats. He goes one for three. But Daniel Johnson, three for three, couple runs scored. Gonna talk about him with Rich Dubroff. Top of the hour. Orioles and twins today at 105. Dean Kramer. On the bump for the birds. We got your starting lineup coming up here in a few minutes tonight. At you, you can hear it on the fan. Maryland takes on Northwestern. Seven o'clock tip. Northwestern won the first game, 72 69. Uh, Maryland, in my opinion, should have won that game. They didn't. Since then, Northwesterners lost Ty Berry, but they've had others step up in a big way since then. Maryland, seven and 10 in the Big Ten, 10th place right now. They're a half game behind Penn State. Lost last night. Northwestern probably looking like a lock to get into the NCAA tournament, but Chris Collins obviously doesn't want them to flatline down the stretch. Maryland's favorite, according to ESPN, bet in this game. Minus five and a half. We'll talk to the Wizard Walt Williams about this one. Coming up at 1.30, Scott Petrak joins us later from brownzone.com. Looks like Deshaun Watson will start throwing in March. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fed. Have windows closed for the Ravens? Orioles' window is wide open. And right now, Maryland's just trying to, to see if they can pull the shades up so they get a look in the NCAA window. As Hyder would say, the Bobster and the Vin Man. I like our guys. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Well, we need more than two running backs, so certainly I think you'll see us make a couple acquisitions along the way. Uh, we think Keaton Mitchell's going to come back from his knee injury. Uh, Justice is a player last year, probably one of the unsung heroes of our whole team. We're still talking to Gus. Uh, we'll talk to J.K., a couple free agents that we had. That's Eric DaCosta talking about the Ravens' uh, running back group at this point in time. We sit here on, uh, I was going to say the last day of February 2024, but it's not. It's a leap year. Got 29er. Mm-hmm. Two niner in regards to the days in this month. That March will be here before you know it. But the running back room, as we know, because we see the rosters uh pretty limited. Barron, we'll get to John Harbaugh's comments about the running backs later in the show. I believe he said JK's floating around out there. We'd love to have Gus back. Yep. But JK's floating around out there. So he understands, obviously, more than we do. And it's more important to them that this need gets addressed than it is to us. They need some help at that position. But question is, do you spend money in free agency on the fancy names? Do you draft one? Do you hope that you catch lightning in a bottle like you did with Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell as undrafted free agents? I mean, that's it's a risky proposition. Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't think you can do that, Bob, because that's... You know, that's needle in a haystack kind of stuff. That's you're hoping, hoping a prayer because you can't go into the season. Well, we'll get an undrafted guy. Well, if there's an undrafted guy you like that much, why don't you draft him? You know, I mean, that if you if, if you feel that good about one of those running backs, I don't I don't I don't see that they got too good a football team where I think they're going to spend money on it, Bob. I mean, because in Eric's comments, what do you say about the running back class? You know, in the draft, not good, not deep. Not deep. So if you don't get one early, you, you know you're you're not gonna get one. And so I'm guessing it. Uh, 
Eric's not really in love with many of the running backs in the draft. So I see them paying for one. And like you said, Bob, the the thing with J.K., I think J.K.'s probably told them that, listen, I'm, I'm going to go look around. That's probably why, you know, he's floating around where Gus Bus probably says, I want to be back. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins, his career in Baltimore has been star-crossed. Looked like as a rookie he was uh, going to be a stud. Then yeah. blows out his knee in uh, that final preseason game against Washington. Was slow to return in 2022, but did start to look more like the J.K. we saw at Ohio State yep. and then his rookie year. And then last year, you know, gets hurt, almost scoring a touchdown, ruptures of the Achilles. Maybe for him it's just like, this place has been nothing but bad luck for me. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah, and I, I I don't disagree with him. And if I'm his agent, his, Bob, you, uh, his agent, same guy as uh, Dalvin Cook's agent. So his agent may be over two with the Ravens. Yeah, I don't see Dalvin Cook coming no. back either. But you never know. But let's get out to the phone. Sports Ted, 583-1057 is the number. Ravens window, is it closed? No, absolutely not. They blow an opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year. Of course they did because they lost in the championship game at home. And they could only put 10 points on the board, which was a very frustrating thing to watch. But they have a franchise quarterback. So if you want to assess the team, feel free to do so. Orioles' window to win is wide open. And it's going to stay open for a long, long time. I mean, they don't... Santander's a free agent after this year. Hayes and Mullins after next year. Mountcastle. You get the point? I mean, they've got the core together for a while. Terps, well... I mean, they were staring. They were, they were in the window. Mm-hmm. Now the window closed. Not only is the window closed, they pulled the blinds down. Can they peek through? Starts tonight with Northwestern. Let's get out to the phone. Sports at five eight three, one zero five seven is the number. Let's go to Mitch and Owings Mills. Mitch, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How y'all? Hey, Mitch. Hey, yeah, um, man, window, window's definitely open. You know, um, just like y'all was saying a few minutes ago, man. I mean, Lamar, like, especially the last two years when he was hurt, I mean, he was MVP. We was in the uh, first seed, man. Like, we've basically been in the first seed every time he's healthy, you know? Yep. And we always get there. And, then, you know, we um, you know, I think when we get to some big games, especially in the playoffs, man, we get, we get a little too cute, man. And, you know, we get away from what we do, and then we try to adjust to, you know, try to, you know, combat a team instead of doing, doing what we do and let them adjust. And, um, you know, we just get away from it a little bit. You know, John Harbaugh, man, he starts to become a fan and a spectator instead of, you know, adjusting and doing out the game. The the other big thing is, is I think Lamar's going to learn a lot playing in that game because, you know, truth be told, I'm guessing that Lamar, he he dropped back 82% of the time he was, you know, so I think Lamar's going to learn a lot, learn how to be calmer, and you don't have to out-duel Patrick Mahomes, you right. know, you don't it, just be Lamar. That's all he's got to do for 17 games or 18 games. He was the MVP of the league because he was Lamar Jackson in the Kansas city game. As bad as the play call and all that, he wasn't Lamar Jackson either. Yep. I mean, they had plenty of screenshots, but I've rewatched the game and stopped it, man. It was, I mean, you had defenders with their back turned to him with flames and he wasn't taking them. And, 
you know, it was just kind of confusing, man. I don't know, man. That game was just kind of weird to me, man. It just, no doubt. It hey, when it, when it got over, you were like, was that the Ravens we just watched? It didn't seem like that was who we watched. Yeah, if Lamar would have played like he did in the second half of oh, Houston, the Ravens, about they roll into the Super Bowl. All right, fellas, man. Y'all have a good one. I appreciate All right. it. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, the window's not closed. Frustrating end of the season, yes. Successful season, absolutely. They were one of the they were one of the four best teams in the NFL because they proved it by getting to the championship. And, and Bob, Vegas has got them what, third? Third this year. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I mean, Buffalo, they're always why are they they're always fourth. in it? Right. Why are they always in it? The quarterback. They have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So if you got the quarterback. You know, you look at the odds from Vegas for this next year, all of them, it's quarterbacks. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. Orioles take it on the Twins today at 105. We'll keep you up to date on the score. As it unfolds, starting lineup for the Birds this afternoon, Cedric Mullins, your DH, Anthony Santander, right field, Rhino Hearn, first base. Austin Hayes is cleaning up in left field, Ramon Arias, third base, Jordan Westberg. He's a shortstop, Colton Kowser. Center field, uh, Maton, Nick Maton, former Tigers at second base. Maverick Handley is behind the plate. And Dean Kramer is your starting pitcher for the Orioles. We give you the other uh, utility guys, the other pitchers that are going to throw today. Good news coming out of Florida yesterday was that Dylan Tate won unscathed. Throw an inning. Orioles open their season a month from today. We're going to be breaking them down in a big way throughout the course of the next few weeks and obviously over the six months plus that the season rolls through. Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com. Top of the hour. You want to get in, you can. It's Sports at 583-1057. Woman Crush Wednesday. It's Vinny Eddie, Nolan McGraw on the fan. MLB, NFL, NCAA. Get it all right here. 1057 The Fan. 1057-7 The Fan. Woman Crush Wednesday. Pick a song. Favorite female artist or band will play it for you. Send your request. Plot Sport Tax Line at 410-583-1057. Go to talk some Orioles with Rich Dubroff. BaltimoreBaseball.com coming up top of the hour. Orioles win yesterday. 5-2 over the Tigers. Grace Rodriguez hitting 100 on that gun on a couple of occasions. Did give up the home run to uh, McKintree uh, leading off the, what was bottom of the first, as a matter of fact, top of the first. But the Orioles did overcome, improvise, and adapt and all the good stuff. But Grace Rodriguez was very pumped about his new two-seam fastball that he's worked into his repertoire. He got caught up in the cutter during his first uh I don't know, a few months with the Orioles. Didn't work out well for him. Went back and uh, recognized that his fastball is definitely his best pitch. Now, the two-seamer, kind of sort of cutter, depending on the grip. He's got that working. So, Grace Rodriguez is due, I would think, for a monster season. And the loss of Kyle Bradish is not something that you'd like to brag about because he had the second lowest earned run average in the uh, major leagues second half of the season for starting pitchers. But Grace Rodriguez, he was fifth. Grayson Rodriguez. Nolan, this is a guy that has been long considered one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. We saw glimpses of it during his first half in Baltimore. Dominated at every minor league level that there is. Dominated in the second half of the season. He got rocked in the playoffs, as we know. But I think Grayson Rodriguez, only 24 years old, is due for a... 
health permitting monster year here in 2024. Right. Time to take the next step. Obviously, we didn't see visually him pitch yesterday. Just heard about it. You read a box. Yeah, we got ticker tape. Right. Now, advanced uh, technology these days, you can go beyond the box score, see where pitches were placed. The home run he gave out to McKinstry, I mean, he just hung it. It was dead red right in the middle of the plate. Down a line, too. So I, it, I don't know what pitch it was. I don't have an identification on that. Maybe it was the new pitch he's working on, but uh, full-on mistake pitch just right down the middle. Other than that, though, looked pretty strong. You mentioned the velocity. Uh, that's encouraging. Two innings other besides the home run, pretty clean. couple strikeouts, so he's getting there. He said after the game, a report in The Athletic, that if it was at Camden Yards, that wouldn't have been a home run. So he looks at it that way. The glass is half full because it is spring training. These stats don't count, obviously, in the regular season. But the good news there was Dylan Tate. Talk about clean, one inning. Velo was there, one strikeout. We'll talk with Rich coming up here in a few minutes. But Dylan Tate is going to be huge for this Orioles bullpen. We talked to Drake uh, Jake Rill yesterday. He's got options, so if he struggles, they could still send him back to the minors, but we don't foresee any struggling here. I mean, I'm not expecting him to jump right back to where he was pre-injury either. I mean, yeah, he was two pretty... Year, two years ago, he's a monster. Right, he was... We're talking elite stuff there, so somewhere in between, productive, certainly, back end of the bullpen type of guy, but, I mean, he's not going to be reliever of the month. Prove me wrong. Not going to be reliever of the month right out the game. Yeah, and by the way... This sort of like Braddish and Means this year, when Elias met with the media prior to spring training last year, it's like, oh, by the way, Dylan Tate's hurt and he's not going to pitch. Like, wait a minute, he's still in the the baseball roster for the World Baseball Classic. So he went from being that to not even pitching. He tried to rehab on a couple of occasions, did not work well for him. So rest and relaxation proved to be beneficial at least so far. And Vinny, your boy, Mike Bauman, yep. another clean inning yesterday, throwing high velo as well. Yeah, two for two. Another good inning for him. And he, what he's got to do, just keep stacking them because I think you've said it many times, Bob, he's out of options. So he's got he's to make it. And he's a, still, I guess, an adaptment period from starter, which he was his entire minor league career to pitch it out of the bullpen, which he did very well mm-hmm. until he ran out of gas in the second half of 2023. And then Chase McDermott, who's one of the Orioles' top 10 prospects, he pitched well out of the bullpen as well. And this is another one of these guys they acquired at the trade deadline back in 2022, has become a prospect for the Orioles. So the arms are plentiful, but the guy that's going to be huge for them, at least out of the gate, is going to be Grayson Rodriguez because Kyle Bradish isn't going to be around for a while. Jackson Holiday finally got off the schneid. He was up for two with two Ks yesterday. He did single score run in his last couple of at-bats there. So Jackson Holiday, the early offensive struggles, I don't think are anything to be concerned with. No, I think it's just growing pains, you know, and uh, get a little confidence now. Got his – got. Got the uh, got the first hit under his belt, so I anticipate him um, taking off in the field or on the on the at bats too, just like he has. Sounds like he's been playing good in the field. I mean, the one that was on TV, the throw from Rutschman on the steal, he made a hell of a play on that. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, to me, it's going to be about the bat. Is the bat ready? For him, you know, to face Major League pitching consistently. That's been there his entire career. Just off the little slow start here. You can't get into any absolutes 
just yet. No guarantees he was going to make the opening day roster anyway, but we'll see how things unfold for him. So the Orioles take it on the Twins. Dean Kramer, he's going to be on the hill for the Orioles. He had a very successful 2023. His role is now more important. So instead of being the fourth or fifth pitcher, Nolan, coming out of spring training, he's probably going to slot in at number three right now. Right, and I mean, look, he's been here a while, part of the Machado trade, obviously, back in 2018. So he's had to pitch in high-leverage situations. He knows his role. As long as he performs well, his spot in the rotation is secure no matter where it is. So it's not like he's going out there pitching for his job or anything like that. And quite frankly, saw him respond when the, the lights were brightest last year, besides the playoffs, obviously. But you think about their big games in the regular season, Anytime they needed, you know, a stopper, a guy to get them a win after a short losing streak, he would go out there and and give them a hell of a performance. Orioles did, according to John Heyman, sign uh, Julio Tehran, two-time All-Star for the Braves, to a minor league deal, two million dollars if he makes the majors, hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. He's had shoulder problems, which have uh, kind of limited his effectiveness, but this guy. He was he started what five or six straight opening days for the Braves starting in 2013, no pun intended. He was a beast at one time. Maybe his beastly ways are in the rearview mirror, but a low risk move as we talked about before the show. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, seven straight years where he was making 30 plus starts a season. Yeah, one of the most consistent guys of the 2010s in that regard. ERA always in the mid to mid threes, low fours. I can't explain the drop-off. You mentioned the injuries, but it really coincided there with that COVID year. Apparently, I looked it up. Apparently, he tested positive for COVID, so that shortened an already short season for him, and he never really bounced back. Missed all of 2022. He was in the Mexican League, I think. Yeah. So it comes back last I think year. he was thrown across the street here on a walk to Europe. <laughs> last year, he was, he was okay. 4.40 on the ERA. He had a hot streak, then cooled down significantly. So I, I think you'll see him this year for the Orioles. I don't know how much, but I think he will play a role for him. We'll talk about that with Rich Dubrov coming up top of the hour. You want to get in, you can at Fortet, 583-1057. Maryland tonight taking on Northwestern. 7 o'clock tip. Our coverage starts at 6 on the fan. Maryland needs to win. Right now they're 7-10 in the Big Ten. They beat Rutgers on Sunday. Not the most exciting game you're ever going to see, but it's a win. Nonetheless, Northwestern trying to improvise adapt themselves. They lost one of their best players, but Ryan Lyon but weren't stepped up in a big way since then. Vinny and Haney, two opposites attracted by a paycheck. 1057 The Fan. Oh, I'm remembering the song. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. In case you forget the days of the week, who are we jamming to here on the Crush Wednesday night? Is it Cheryl or Sherelle? I think it's Cheryl. Cheryl. Remember this one? This is a nice tune-ish. So you got to do the uh, Casey Kasem when you play the tunes. I mean, I can only go on memory, and of course, my memory's not that good anymore. I don't know. It says it's a remaster. Oh, so remaster from the original master, which we'll came out it. hopefully in the eighties. I thought we were sports talk. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you playing the tunes as chosen by the people, so you got to pass it by the listeners. 
Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Anything you want to hear, we'll play it. We might not have the date, the recording studio time that they paid for, but we're going to get it for you best you can because now it's intrigued me. When we go to a break, I'm going to look it up. It's 85, by 85. Thank you very much. I do remember that. I know it was the 80s, long before Nolan was born. But Eric DeCosta met with the media. I believe he was alive in 1985. Yesterday. And the salary cap, which in 1985, I don't even think they had a salary Did cap. Did not. In the National Football League. 94 or 95 started the cap. Yeah, because they had the Plan B free agency and all that. Yep. And Reggie White was the first big free agent to jump ship. Wound up going to Green Bay, changed the whole trajectory of that franchise. Well, oh, and that trade and that trade for Brett Favre. Kind we of we care. had him at Dwight Clark's restaurant. Me, we were all there. And then he said, uh, "God told me to go to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They God, offered him the most money." Yeah, God likes cold weather and uh, big paychecks <laughs> right. there. But anyway, salary cap in 2024. I don't know if it's astronomical, but it was much more, it seems, than everyone anticipated in the league. 255.4 million, by the way, to be exact. Here's Eric DaCosta. Hey, are you surprised you got some extra spending money there, EDC? Doesn't mean that we're going to just open up the books and go shopping. That's not really the Ravens' way. But to have that buffer, so to speak, and to give us a little bit more flexibility helps us this year. But it also helps us in the coming years as we project what we think that salary cap is going to be moving out in years 25 and 26 as well. Bob, I, I have listened to some of the other GMs, you know, that have been on NFL radio and stuff. And like Joe Hortiz, because they were like $45 million over. He says it helped a lot. You know, I mean, and I think the Giants guy said, well, we were counting on 244, and it went up 11. So, yeah, and, and he says, when I opened up that email, I jumped up and down. So there was a, a lot of excitement, you know, for the team. I mean, you know, I mean, if you were Tennessee and you were at 80 million, now you're at 90 million. It's like, okay, we even got more to spend. Kansas City made a move today, speaking of freeing up money, as they uh, released wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, saving the team 12 mil against their salary cap. Yeah, and he was kind of an inconsistent performer. His best games were the last two. He made that catch against the Ravens, which kind of sealed the deal there. Yeah, so um, they've they've got to upgrade, you know, at the receiver position. And um, they're too good. Chris Jones, they're trying to get down and Sneed. They want to uh, franchise. Yeah, uh, Legereus Sneed going to franchise him, but they want to. If they can't get a long-term deal done, they're open to sending him packing, too. Sneed, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Sneed, they said that they gave the agent permission to shop him. But, I mean, when you have a player like that, Bob, I mean, who who's better, Bob? Sneed or was Champ Bailey at that time? You know, because Champ was 25 when we when we tagged him. Right. And he wanted, you know, a four, he wanted $7 million a year at, at that time was – extremely high and we go to the combine just like they're going to the combine with Snead. And you know what, Bob, we couldn't get anything. You know I mean? They, they said, well, if you can get me two twos or a one, they're not going to get that because then you got to go pay the guy too. So they're not going to get that. I mean, we were fortunate that Mike Shanahan wanted a corner and we needed a running back and we just swapped Portis for champ. 
So they're not going to get the draft picks that they think. So I think they're just throwing a bone to the agent and say, if you can go get it, go ahead. Mel Kuyper Jr., Baltimore Zone, Calvert Hall, ESPN.com. It's first of many mock drafts came out, and we'll have more. What Our draft profiles, by the way, will start on Monday here on Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. But Chicago Bears, number one pick, Caleb Williams, USC, from the DMV, started at Oklahoma. We know that... We know his yep. uh, his route to where he is right now. Justin Fields, it looks like a foregone conclusion that uh, he is going to get traded. Yeah. And, and, and then, I think he's good. Maybe I'm just dopey. I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good quarterback in this league. I think he needs the right coordinator, Bob. And and I, I don't disagree with you. I think uh, he can make plays. And he was streaky. And, you know, when he was hot, he was hot. And he can run, too. He can run really well. He Probably gonna, other than Lamar. He was going to break Lamar's rushing record last year. Then he got hurt at the end of the season. Yeah. So, so and DJ Moore loves him. So, I I think that uh, whoever gets him is is going to benefit. If they uh, all they got to do is give up a two and a four. Because what they're saying, Bob, is, all right, we got to give up a two and a four. And then, and then we got to pay him. You know, so it's it's more than, you know, to give up a one and all that. Okay, if he had three years left on his deal, then I'm willing to give up more. But because that I'm going to have to pay him 40 or $50 million a year, you know, a year and a half or a year from now, um, I'm not giving you that much. And I, I think that's where everybody's at. Mel has the commanders taking Jaden Daniels at number two out of LSU. And then Drake May goes three to New England. Drake May, North Carolina, a guy that Merrill Hodge. Oh. Is former ESPN, longtime NFL player, Pittsburgh mainly. He's just been killing this guy. Oh, he's been killing him. You know, not like he walked out on a dinner check or something, killing him that bad. Like oh. it was a personal thing. Oh, like so we went out to dinner and he left on the check. I hate this guy. Let's destroy him. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know what, because. Uh, like uh, it's an athletic family, Drake May. Uh, you know, brothers uh, played basketball. His, his older brother played in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, and and he's I believe he was a one brow guy. If I'm not mistaken, and he's rushed for more Unibrow. other other than Jaden Daniels. He's rushed for more yards than than any other quarterback. So I don't I don't know what uh, what got uh, got him all right. And we'll up. get into all of this, and we'll do, be doing profiles. Ravens aren't drafting a quarterback, we don't think, at least in the first round. No. Maybe later. We'll see how it goes. But Mel has the Ravens at 30, taking Kamari Lasseter, cornerback out of Georgia, which would absolutely fill an area of need. We'll talk more about that with Cordell Woodland, 11:30. But coming up next, talking Orioles, Rich Dubroff, Baltimore, baseball.com. Orioles taking on the Twinkies today. Dean Kramer, man bun, makes the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs Eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Debut. At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you, Campania? Amy, post up in the bleachers. You're all garbage! The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Here on this Woman Crush Wednesday, you pick the songs at 410-583-1057. Get back to all of that good stuff here momentarily. Got the whip around 11.15. Tons going on. World of Sports last night. So stay tuned for all of that as well. But the Orioles... Taking on the Twinkies today, a little roadie for them. And here to talk about yesterday's game and some of the standouts of it, the return eventually of Gunnar Henderson, how the rotation's going to play out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. From BaltimoreBaseball.com, he's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome in Rich Dubroff. Rich, good morning. What is happening there, my friend? Well, good morning from beautiful Fort Myers, Bob and Vinny. Uh, it's uh, it's a be- it's a beautiful day, and uh, we have some uh, interesting players down here for the game for the game today. All right, we'll start uh, a couple of guys from yesterday. We'll start with Grayson Rodriguez. Gave up the homer to McKinstry there. You know that's you know things happen. You can't go uh, perfect throwing a baseball from uh, you know March through October. But working on that two seam fastball, and uh, you know the velo was up. So give us an idea of Grayson Rodriguez trying to incorporate yet another thing into his repertoire here this year. Well, he's trying. You know, he, he's try, he's trying something, trying something new. And the home run, uh, the home run was really wind aided. Um, it was a, a typical windy day in, uh, in in Sarasota. And during the regular season, that wasn't going to that wasn't going to be a home run. Uh, but he walked, you know, he walked two batters and then, uh, you know, get, then got out of the first, but, uh, it was a decent, it was a decent first outing. Uh, not, uh, not a great, not a great one for him. Now, Dylan Tate, however, given the fact that he hadn't thrown, well, he was trying to rehab stuff last year, didn't go well for him, but did we notice the velocity similar to what it was in 22? And uh, for those that don't remember, he was a top five pick. Uh, way back when by the Texas Rangers has reinvented himself as a reliever. What was the velocity like for Dylan Tate yesterday in his clean inning against Detroit? Well, 
actually, we were town talking to Grayson Rodriguez wow. while he was throw, you know, while while he was throwing. That's one of the has one of the peeking behind the curtain. We get to talk to the uh, starting pitcher during the uh, during the game, and uh, that was when Tate was that was when Tate was throwing. But he had a clean a clean inning, so I didn't get to notice the, the, the velocity. But Brandon Hyde said it was the best he'd seen him look. So uh, he, you know, and, and Tate, Tate seemed uh, satisfied, and Hyde seemed satisfied. So we'll see more. Chase McDermott, he went scoreless through an inning and two thirds. One of the Orioles' top prospects here, 2024. Give us a scouting report on him. Chances maybe to come out of Sarasota, maybe slim. But then again, could we see Chase McDermott throwing a baseball in anger for the Orioles this season at Camden Yards? Well, we certainly could, although it won't be March or, or it won't be March or April. I don't think. Uh, you know, McDermott, uh, he nearly exhausted his pitch limit. In the, fir- in, in the first inning that he threw, and then Brandon Hyde went and, uh, and got a reliever to get the third out. And because it's early in spring training, you're allowed to bring a pitcher back. So he came out for the uh, second. He came out for the second the second inning, and uh, he, you know he looked you know he looked decent there. Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com, joining us here. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Now Jackson Holiday, 0 for 2, 2 Ks to start the game yesterday. That made him 0 for 4 with uh, in 5 at-bats. And people were so frustrated, Rich, they were texting and saying, send him back to the, to the high school ranks, much less bring him north. Okay, we get all of it. We know he's going to hit because he's done it his whole life. Second base, how's that uh, looking for him? Does he seem semi-natural at that position so far? Yeah, he seems so, he seems okay. I think you know. I, I know fans don't want to hear this, but just let him play for a month. Correct. <laughs> you know, we have you know opening day. Opening day is a month from now, and while I think that he's going to come north with the team, if he you know if he's not hit, you know if he's not hitting, uh, we'll uh, you know maybe they'll you know they'll think again. But I think he's going to be just fine. He's twenty year. He's twenty years old. He started in Grapefruit League games for the first time last year. He basically just came in in the later, you know, came in the, in the later innings. He did well, uh, and of course, did brilliantly at playing at all four levels. So I think he's going to be just fine, and the Orioles aren't going to be freaking out. I mean, if he makes the team, he's going to go for he's going to go zero for five, and if he makes the team. You know he's going to have a time when he's going one for twelve because it happens to everybody, including the best players. And he's going to be a great player, but uh, he's not going to be a great player on February twenty eighth. All right, Rich Julio Tehran. News started breaking last night. Orioles bringing him in on a minor league deal mm-hmm. if he makes the team. Two mil as a major leaguer, two time All Star. We know the track record. Very very good pitcher for the Braves has had some struggles and injuries as well. Last few seasons here, Tehran's brought in to accomplish what here over the next month? I think, well, first of all, I don't know that he's going to have enough. You know, we don't, the signing hasn't even been announced yet. Sure. Yes, they have a, yes, they have a deal. We don't know where he was, where he was, was he, you know, where, where he was throwing, how much he was throwing. So he's not going to be able to pitch in games for, you know, Let's say ten, let's say he comes in maybe ten days or so, uh, and I don't think he's going to have enough innings to make the team. Certainly as a starter, if they need him for starting depth, 
maybe as a maybe as a long reliever, but he could certainly be an option if there's a, another injury to the starting rotation or to the bullpen. Uh, so I, I think he's you know he's insurance for them, and you know they they don't know how long Bradish and uh, Means are going to be out. And again, if one of the five guys they have in the rotation gets hurt, well, you know they want uh, they they want choices other than you know they they have Bruce Zimmerman who's certainly an option, and they have uh, Jonathan Heasley who's going to pitch today who certainly it could be an option too. So uh, the more options, the better for them. Hey, Rich, what about uh, a friend of the show, uh, Mike Bauman? You know, I mean, he's had two good outings so far. Yeah, he looks uh, he he looks real he looks really strong. You know, Vinny, he does not have uh, an option remaining, which means the Orioles would have to put him through waivers uh, uh, if they wanted to send him to the minor leagues, and he would undoubtedly be snapped up quickly. So I think the odds are very very good he's going to be starting the uh, uh, starting the season with the Orioles. Now, Rich, what about the the injury report? I saw Gunner, you know, in the batting cage and stuff. And what 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 are you hearing about the the pitchers and anybody else? Well, Gunner Henderson uh, could play. It's possible he he'll play this weekend, uh, maybe early next week, or maybe early next week. He's uh, he's getting close to a return. Connor Norby hasn't played uh, yet. Uh, he has a side injury. He could uh, he could play this weekend. He, he said he hopes to play um, this weekend. As for Bradish and Means, well, you know Bradish is basically soft tossing. Means is still well behind. Uh, those would be the, you know those would be the only two so far. Doesn't appear to be anything uh, any anything new or different than what we've heard before. Quads okay. Sorry, Kimbrel's quads okay. Yeah. He says it. He says he says it is. I think he was uh, he was supposed to throw either uh, yesterday or today. And I asked uh, Brandon Hyde last week, uh, the other day, uh, when when Kimbrel would uh, throw in a game, and he said sometime within a week. So uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. You know, closers don't take a lot of time to uh, you know to get ready. It's not like a starter. You don't need. You know, you don't need that many innings. If you remember, last year Felix Batista was very slow to start uh, in uh, in spring training, and he was uh, he was certainly fine to start the season. He got a very late late start, and he was he was just fine. Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com, live in Florida. Orioles taking on the Twins. Rematch of the 1969 and 1970 ALCS. Rich, we appreciate the time as always. When we talk to you next week, we're going to find out who the hell this Daniel Johnson guy is all of a sudden. <laughs> he's an outfielder. He's an outfielder, Vinny. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> all of the above. Hey, did you get the vibe yet? Hey, it's Rich Dubroff. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you, guys. (laughs) Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com. We'll come back, whip around. And then we got Doc Cordell Woodland talking about the Ravens. Ravens have needs, but if windows closed, are they still favorite? They're the third favorite right now from ESPN bet to win the Super Bowl next year behind Kansas City and San Francisco. So windows are wide open, and they're going to be climbing in it and hopefully accomplishing things next year. Vinny and Hades with Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes, the best.
best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan. Diddy and Haiti, 1057 The Fan here on this Woman Crush Wednesday. You pick the song's favorite female artist of band. We'll play it for you. Send your request. Plaza Board text line at 410-583-1057. Let's start on the hardwood down the road. D.C. Wizards taking on Golden State. Golden State needs to start stacking. Wizards are stacking losses, if anything. And they were hanging for a while. But in the end, a former All-Star now coming off the bench was lighting it up in D.C. Here's Clay Thompson. How many times have we said it tonight, Drew? No dribbles needed. Monumental Sports on the call. Clay Thompson off the bench. 25 as Golden State comes from behind. Beats Washington 123-112. Kyle Kuzma. Had 27 and 12 for the Wizards, their 12th straight loss. That's an ouch burger right there. How about Atlanta? Minus Trey Young, 124 97 over Utah. Bruno Fernando, University of Maryland, eight points, three boards, and an assist in the win for the Hawks. It was Miami, 106 96 over Portland. Haywood Highsmith, Archbishop Curley, Baltimore, Maryland. He had two and two, Chuck Woolery style. And that one, it was Oklahoma City. Late night, beating Houston, 112-95. Cam Whitmore for the Rockets, uh, Baltimore, uh, Archbishop Spalding, Villanova, 9-1-1 and a steal. Aaron Wiggins, Maryland, he had six points, two boards in that one. And then Nolan, our boy, your boy, Shay Gildas Alexander. How about 31 more, eight boards, three assists. If he's not in the MVP conversation, they shouldn't even have the award handed out for sure, college hoops last night in the Big Ten. It was Indiana beating Wisconsin 74-70. People want Mike Woodson Gonzo in Bloomington, but they get a win. They're still really chasing in a big way. And then Iowa beat Penn State 90-81. to So Maryland right now going into tonight's games, a half game behind Penn State for the ninth seed in the Big Ten tournament. 7-10, Penn State now 8-10. There was an upset in the top 25 as BYU won at Lawrence B. Kansas, number 7 in the land, 76-68. to On the ice last night, Capitals taking on Detroit. Caps trying to make a late-season run to the playoffs. Well, let's just say they hit a bump in the road. Well, Michael Scarbosa would have been in the clear. Here's Raymond. Slither one through to Gossesbury. Scores! He's got two for the one. He was a draft pick of Philly. He's an offensive defenseman is what he is. He's not a very good defensive defenseman, but he's a power play guy, and he had two goals. The, the Caps defense sucked last night. I mean, they had played. That was their back-to-back. Detroit was off the day before. Caps played four games in the last six days, and, and every game that they're playing is a playoff game, basically. So the pressure's on all the time. They got a lot of guys out. Ovi's been the last two games. Ovi's a minus six. Strom's a minus seven. You know, those are his line mates. And Mantha was a minus three. So not a good, not a good defensive performance. Now, and I told you this off air, Bob, that if they lose to Philly on Friday night, they play, I, I think it's at Philly. No, they host them. Host them. All right. If they if they lose to Philly, they're done. Because, I mean, the Caps sit at 63 points. They lose to Philly. Philly be at 71. You know, Jersey jumped over the Caps. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's won three in a row. They're a point behind. You know, so there's no way that they're going to be 
in that mix if they if they lose that game. And the trade deadline's March eighth, which is what next next Friday. Next Friday. So um, I I would anticipate the Caps dumping a lot of dudes if uh, they lose. I mean, and this is this is the biggest game that they're going to play all season long. Flyers 31-22-7 on the year, as Vinny said, Friday night puck drop uh, down in D.C. Terps play tonight, college basketball. We'll talk more about this with Walt Williams, 130. Taking on Northwestern, Terps 15-13 and 13 on the year, 7-10, and 10, as we said, in the league. Uh, Northwestern 19-8, and 10-6, coming off a win against Michigan. It is the whip around, Vinny and Haiti, 105-7, the fan. Here on this February 28th, this day in Maryland hoops history. Relatively slow day in sports history in totality, unless you want to talk about guys making free throw consecutive streaks and such. But 1976, Cole Fieldhouse, 10th ranked Maryland, beat Virginia 81-73. Mo Howard had 24 points. Steve Shepard, 19 for the Terps. These two teams would uh, re-meet, if you want to call it that, in the ACC tournament at the Cap Center. Didn't go as well. We'll get into all of that in a couple of weeks here. 1980, Greensboro, North Carolina. First round of the ACC tournament. Seventh-ranked Maryland beat Georgia Tech 51-49. Maryland number one seat. I was freshman in high school, Calvert Hall, and I got off at uh, 11.30. And I, li- I lived in on Baltimore Street. So I had to leave Calvert Hall which was, what, Lock, Raven, and Taylor. I had to walk to uh, catch the three right there by the old Bob's Big Boy, take the three all the way down to Baltimore Street, get on the 20, which dropped me off right in front of my house, and I got home right before halftime. Maryland was, like, going to destroy that. They didn't. They won. That's all that matters. Albert King. So I watched the game is basically what I'm saying. The get. I don't lie. Albert King, jump shot, three seconds left in overtime. Salvages, which would have been a colossal upset, 16.7 16.7 boards there. Buck Williams, 18 and 10. Maryland, we get Clemson in the semifinals, which we'll talk about tomorrow. 1998 at the, uh, what was it called? That Baltimore Arena. I was there for this game, Vinny. Maryland beats number 24, Temple, 83-66. LaRoff Profit at 21. Our friend Rodney Elliott from Baltimore in front of his home fans. As a senior, no less, 20.17 boards. Runes, yes, and Cavishes, he pumped in 19. And then 2007. Nolan, do you remember to rem- uh, old enough to remember 2007 stuff? I was alive. I mean, I was alive in 1966. Right. I'm not going to tell you about what happened in Game 2 of the 66 World Series in real time. But Maryland, number 24. They go to number 14, Duke, and win 85-77. Mike Jones, remember him? Pumps in 25. DJ Strawberry and Kenny Beckway had 17 each. And then freshman Gravis Vasquez, one of the great players in the history of the program, on this day down in front of a whining Mike. And he was whining this day. 13 points, 9 boards, 12 assists for Gravis Vasquez as Maryland beat Duke. 17 years ago today. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7. The fan will come back. Cordell Woodland's going to be joining us. Talk Ravens with him. Then we got a fun house trip. Nolan McGraw will come back. News from the Nest style at 12 as we hear more from John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta as they met with the media yesterday. Check back three, four, five times a day for the latest breaking sports news. 105.7 The Fan. 
Biddy and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan, Woman Crush Wednesday. Rainy one of that. Warm out. Glass half full, right? Midweek. Bob Haiti, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw. Fun house with him. News from the nest. Top of the hour. Going to hear from John Harbaugh, Eric Costa again, as they met with the media yesterday. Count that midweek money at 12.15 by yourself. And then Scott Petrack from brownzone.com. Talk about them, the Cleveland Browns, that is, playoff team this past season as we roll through the AFC North. But joining us now to talk some Ravens, shaking it up, sports. He's our colleague here on 105.7 The Fan. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Cordell Woodland. Cordell, what's happening? What's up, fellas? All right, J.K. Dobbins and, you know, John Harbaugh, I don't want to say it was a flippant flippant, uh, comment. Hey, we'd love to have Gus back. J.K.'s floating around. I was trying to read between lines there. Talking about J.K. Dobbins. Running back room is barren. I think J.K. Dobbins, and it's a big if he stays healthy, is a very capable, if not better than average back. Why does it seem as though, and he's a free agent, his time in Baltimore has come to an end? Is this kind of a mutual parting of the ways? I mean, is J.K. a guy that says, it's been nothing but bad for me here. I need to get get the hell out of Dodge. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And I and I couldn't be upset at him if that's how he felt because that is the way it's gone. You know, J.K. has uh, been pretty vocal about that preseason game against Washington, you know, where he gets the devastating injury that cost him a year and some change. And uh, it's just been injury after injury. And if it's not an injury, it's opportunities. If it's not opportunities, it's it's actual carries. You know, it, you know, initially his rookie year, right, he's, he's playing behind um, uh, uh, Mark Ingram, who had just come off a Pro Bowl year the year before. And it took a while before they actually gave Dobbins the rings. And, I just felt like even in games where Dobbins was healthy, he never got the workload that he truly wanted. I think both sides probably need a change of scenery. But if I I could see the Ravens, um, if it would be a bargain for them, bringing J.K. back. But even still, I I, I still would believe they would need more in the running back room because, you know, he's showing you at least health-wise you you can't depend on him. They're going to sign a free agent running back. That's because when I hear Eric talk about the the draft is not deep at running back, that kind of kind of you know tell where he says offensive line is really deep at the draft. So you know that they're going old line in the draft and a running back. It's not deep. I'm guessing that they're going to sign a free agent. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, and I don't know who that's going to be. I know everybody is kind of mentioning some of the bigger names like Saquon and. Uh, Derrick Henry and even Josh Jacobs are part of that as well. And I think any of those guys would be great in Baltimore. Me and Bob want Swift. What do you think of Swift? I, I, that's one of the ones. I, Everybody so named Swift, Cordell. Taylor, <laughs> right. DeAndre, <laughs> Billy right. Swift. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, but I've, I've been a big proponent of DeAndre Swift myself on my show. He and Zach Moss have been the two guys that I've been talking the most about. They're cost efficient, and you'll be able to get – uh, more bang for your buck. DeAndre Swift just had a Pro Bowl season with the Eagles. He just came out of a similar type of offense where they run a lot of read options, RPOs, and stuff like that. Zach Moss, this is a dude that was one of the league leaders in rushing uh, even before Jonathan. he took over while Jonathan Taylor was out. But even once Jonathan Taylor came back, Zach Moss showed that he could still be efficient with his limited opportunity. So I like both of those guys, but I also don't think that 
some of the bigger name guys are going to break the market. Nope. Um, I don't think the Ravens are going to look to spend ten million plus on a running back. But if they could get a Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or one of those guys for ten million dollars, I could see them doing that. So I, I do think it's a, a position they can no longer kind of uh, neglect a little bit the way that some of the rest of the league has. Now, Cordell, we've heard Harbs talk twice since the season ended, and he goes overboard about Rashad Bateman being the yeah. starter and going to make plays. So who's he sending the message to? I'm, I'm assuming just to everybody. I think I, I think it was clear once at the end of the season because he also talked about how he met with Munkin and Lamar a couple of days after the uh, game against the Chiefs. And I think it was clear that when they went back and rewatched the film of the season, mm-hmm. they saw a lot of opportunities left on the field. Uh, all over the offense, but specifically in this case for Rashad Bateman. And, you know, he and Lamar just weren't on the same page at all this year, and I think that's for a variety of reasons. So it'll be imperative on those two guys to really get together this offseason. And, look, it's kind of do-or-die time for Rashad Bateman in Baltimore at this point. I mean, John continues to speak optimistic about him, but he always has. And I think none of us can question the talent that Rashad Bateman possesses. It's can it turn into production on the field? And it's going to have to be uh, this year coming up. Now, another guy that Eric was defending yesterday was Owe, you know, saying, well, we don't count sacks. We count, Mm -hmm. you know, we count hurries and pressures and all this stuff, you know, but you get paid for sacks. And if he only has four or five sacks, they're not putting that fifth-year option. Oh, we're going to put the fifth-year option on him because – because he has a lot of pressures. Ain't no way in hell they're doing that. And the guy had has 13 sacks in three years, Bob. And he had basically over the last four years, he's got 13 sacks over four years. Um, so I, I I just think he's a five-sack guy. I'm, I was hoping for eight or above this past year, and it ain't going to happen, I don't think. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think kind of just like you're accepting, you know, who he is, I think they are. Now as well. Now you could say that they probably should have accepted that when they drafted him out of college and he had no sacks his last year. Um, that probably should have kind of told you who he is. But I think they have definitely changed their tone on Owe over the last couple of years in terms of what they're looking for out of him. They have kind of backed off on some of the pass rush stuff. Outside of Chuck Smith when he's asked about Owe as a pass rusher, not too many of the other coaches talk a lot about him as a pass rusher. Now, they'll mention how he sets the edge. They'll mention, you know, some of his pressure things, like you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Eric DaCosta brought up. But they don't really talk about sacks and him in the same breath. So, I mean, we'll see. The, the proof will be in the pudding uh, when it comes time to decide, are they going to pick up his fifth-year option? Or even beyond that, are they going to keep him here in Baltimore long-term? But I think when you see – with some of these veteran guys that they've been able to sign off the streets, have been able to come in and do and pretty much right away, it does have to make you say that, all right, pressure from Owe is great, but we would like to see him finish a couple of plays now and then. Yeah, because it, it, just think if, if Clowney, you know, the pressures and stuff and the tackles he missed, he could have led the league in sacks, Cordell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and look, who was the biggest beneficiary off of that? I think Justin Matabike ended yep, up no doubt. Doing- so, I mean, maybe that's the kind of thing that they're looking at, the marriage between the two. Yeah, Owe may not be getting the numbers, but if it turns into a sack or two, 
somebody else, it's the same. It, turn, it still is a sack or two for the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe that's the way that they're looking at it. All right, Cordell, in the draft, O-line, uh, corner, or trade back? In the first round? Yep. Well, I, I think they'll – I honestly, I think they're still going to go to their philosophy of best available. And if I, one of those two positions, great. But I could see them still – if they're best available to them at the time is a wide receiver, I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't be shocked if it's if it's wide receiver, if it's an edge guy. I, I I don't I don't I'm not taking trading back out of the equation because when you're picking that late in the round, you know that's kind of that territory. But I really wouldn't be surprised that if they're not blown away by any trade offers, they feel they will be perfectly fine using that pick because they're on a little bit of a hot streak these last couple of years with their first round picks anyway. So if they could pick up another one continue to get great value with that pick, I, I definitely think they'll do it. Cordell Woodland, what's happening on the next Shaking It Up Sports here? Yeah, we'll uh, continue to look at what's going on in the offseason. Maybe we'll get some news on Justin Matabike. By the time I'm on, I'm back on on Friday. Probably not. Looks like that's headed towards a franchise tag situation. And, of course, we'll continue to keep track on what the uh, Orioles are doing down in Sarasota. Good start to the Grapefruit League guys getting back healthier here and there. We're starting to see Gunner working his way back, so hopefully we'll have some more to talk about by Friday. Man, I was reading that the Brewers are smooching D.L. Hall's rear end like a champ because of that 100-mile-an-hour fastball he's got. Cordell, appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, Cordell. Cordell Woodland, everybody. It's Vinny at Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back. Got the Funhouse, Nolan McGraw. News from the Nest coming up top of the hour. Buy or sell. Where's our midweek money? And then Scott Petrack. Let's talk about them Browns. Joe Flacco, the era has came and went. Now it's all about getting Deshaun Watson back on the field. Vinny and Haiti. On your home for sports. 105.7 The Fan. Video at Haiti, 105.7 The Fed. Woman Crush Wednesday. This is uh, La Free from Sheik. This is 1979. I remember this too. Yeah, we're that old here. In the show, except for Nolan. He barely remembers uh, Graves Vasquez, but he was alive during that time. <laughs> Got news from the Nats coming up top of the hour. NFL lunch, and Nolan pointed this out to us. During the break, that the NFL PA, man, they're dropping dimes. Yeah. Dropping a hammer. Grading teams on treatment of families, food, nutrition, the head coach, the owner, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of these teams, just like treatment of families, because we don't have time to get into all of it. A lot of these grades look like my 10th grade geometry grade. Mm. And it ain't an A. It's the exact opposite of that. Mine and yours were about the same. Uh, the only shape I paid attention to was the teachers. I was staring at her butt the whole time. <laughs> I didn't know anything else. That's just me. But we're getting into all of this and what this means about organizations. For instance, last year, the Ravens got napalmed with the training staff and all of that. Strength coach. Yep. Yeah, they have made uh, leaps and bounds, so we'll get into all of that. And more, if you want to join us, you can at 410-583-1057. Scott Petrack, brownzone.com. Deshaun Watson expected to start throwing again in March. I mean, is that is that good enough? to be ready for September. So stay tuned. We'll talk about the Terps at Northwestern tonight with Walt Williams around 1.30. Orioles taking on the Twins. We'll give you a score update. I'll give you the lineup again.
here in the 1 o'clock hour. But let's bring Nolan into the program. Nolan, what is happening here? Doing good here. Uh, again, don't want to spoil too much with the report card here, but the big story last year with the Ravens was the strength coach right. earning an F-minus infamously. Didn't even know an F-minus was a thing. Correct. Well, this year, quite the turnaround. Strength coach gets a uh, a B. So I, the replacement, the replacement like, guy yep. says uh, 90% of players feel like they get individualized plans. So workout plans, I guess. Uh, the players feel that the strength coaches moderately contribute to their success. Players are happy with the change in strength coach and feel uh, they have a better working relationship and can be more productive. Well, the other guy was the one who had the COVID issues and everything. Saunders. Yeah, Saunders. Yeah, he was not well liked well liked at all so we'll be breaking down some grades not our grades this is from the players themselves talking about the organizations that they play for so stay tuned for that nfl lunch style but nolan you ready to get to that fun house of yours whoa i guess not wrong one Come on, man. Improvise and adapt and overcome. You just played off like it never happened. Mel Kuyper's got a new draft. We'll talk about that and all that. Funhouse. Quick draws. Funhouse. Ravens taking a corner. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 105.7 The Fan. I'll get an F minus for that one. But uh, this one here, Texter says. Get a G. Are we sure Lamar Jackson is a truly a franchise quarterback? Uh, That's right. We're starting strong here. Uh, says, it seems as though when he gets in these big games, he uh, tries to do way too much, gets in his head. Sure, Munkin didn't help him out with the play calling, but wasn't Lamar in charge or handed the keys to his own offense? I, I think Lamar got a little flustered in that game, but. The three seasons, the three of the five seasons, he's been in the MVP hunt, and he won it twice. And uh, last year, he was in the MVP hunt until he got hurt. Another one here from Chris says, it may be cliche, but as long as you have a quarterback, your window is open. So the Ravens will have a lot of growing pains with new personnel, but they seem to play better without expectations. They're probably better off entering the postseason as the team nobody wants to face rather than the one seed. They're going to have high expectations. Yeah, I mean, look at what came out of Vegas already. As soon as the Super Bowl ended, they're the third favorite. They're going to be probably the favorites to win a division. Um, That's the expectations, you know, because they have Lamar and because some of the other people they have. People don't care about the ones they lose. And, you know, it'd be interesting because Eric and them, they probably feel much better than we do because they know what their game plan is, what they're trying to do. We don't. All we said is, is you know, we look, oh, four linemen they need. Pass rushers, what are they going to do? Corner, what are they going to do? Running back, what are they going to do? But they have a game plan, uh, you know, of what they want to do, so they feel much better about their plan than we do. And one more here, Texter says, in a hypothetical situation where the Ravens get a deal done, long-term deal, with Justin Matabike, uh, they don't have to use the franchise tag on him. Is there anyone else, any other free agents you think they would tag? No. On the Ravens, absolutely not. There's nobody worth it. It right. wouldn't be cost-effective. No, absolutely so not. Right yeah. Because if, if they tag somebody else, to, you know how fast that dude would run there and sign it? 
888-8157. The fan, you want to join us? News from the Nats. Get in here. Four tap five eight three one zero five seven. We'll count money together. Hopefully at twelve fifteen. Buy or sell. Scott Petrack returns to the program. Brownzone.com at twelve thirty. As we've been bouncing around the AFC. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. See North this week. Home for the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Window Nation. Winter is here. With Window Nation, replacing those old windows is easier and more affordable than you think. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. 1057 The Fan. Vinny and 105.7 The Fan. News from the Nest. Woman Crush Wednesday. John Harbaugh met with the media yesterday along with Eric DaCosta. So it's the head coach, the GM, and here's John Harbaugh talking about working with Eric all these years. He's probably a little more, you know, after the draft and before the draft, I would say, because I don't see him doing too much reading now. Not in his office. I see him on that tape a lot. So, uh, but uh, he's just been unbelievable. I mean, I think this Eric is a great general manager, well-rounded, every aspect of it. He is involved with the players. He does a great job. He is involved with our discipline program, all those different kind of things. I think he's just really special in a lot of ways. I think they have a really good relationship when they've been together for a long time. So, and I think they live by each other. So that probably helps too. And the biggest thing is, is that they know their roles. That's the biggest thing is, you know, your role and that you can work with each other. There's going to be give and take. You're going to have some arguments, but you can't get pissed at each other and try to win, win the battle. Now, he mentioned uh, he's heavily involved in the discipline program. Explain what that is, and is it normal for a general manager to be part of that? I'm guessing the discipline program is, you know, uh, the league handles a lot of the discipline, and I, I maybe the discipline within the league is what Eric is part of. You know, when a guy, you know, gets a fine or gets all those things, I, I don't I don't really, really know. I mean, I wasn't involved with when guys get fined. I mean, Bob, when guys get fined, doesn't have anything to do with the coach. I mean, they just take it out of your paycheck like, bam, your next paycheck that you get. If you get fined 6000 all of a sudden you get your paycheck, there's $6,800 less. In your paycheck, there's nothing you, and then you go through your agent to appeal. That's what they. That's what they do. Now, John Harbaugh also talked about the offense and the Ravens. We ran down the the scores second half of the season, especially they were putting thirty points up on a regular basis until they didn't against Kansas City. 
in the AFC Championship game. They have no running backs. Well, they have one, Justice Hill. Offensive lines in flux. Wide receiver could probably use another one of those. You get the point. But what about the state of the offense, John Harbaugh, here at the end of February? Uh, just now, na- I think it progressed naturally. We're just beginning. We're just starting. We're one year into this thing. There's so many. We're, there's so many things that I feel like looking back on it now. We just they actually were baby steps. They were hard steps for us to take because it's a, it was a sea change in terms of offensive philosophy. Yet they were baby steps looking back on them. We have so so far to go. Lamar's excited. Todd's excited. All the coaches. We have a plan. We came out the very first day after the AFC Championship game talking about where we were going to go offensively. Met with Todd, met with all the coaches individually, met with Lamar a couple days after that. I'll, I'll say this, Bob. I'll bet you in the games when they had the scored a lot of points, it was one of two things. They ran the ball extremely well or got a bunch of turnovers and had short fields, which if that was the case, then they ran the ball well. But I, I'm guessing that they had well over 100 yards in most of those games because I don't – if I'm – how many games did Lamar throw for over 300? I don't think there was many. Well, he threw it for a career high yardage. Right. There was, over 3,700 yards. There wasn't this monster sort of 500-yard uh, yeah. howitzer game. The running and, you know, the field position and the, and the defense was, was key. And I think all along, I mean, they've kind of it's, – it's always kind of been – you know, predominantly Zay Flowers and a tight end were the key guys. You know, and then Beckham would make some plays in one game or, you know, Bateman would make a play in a game, but they weren't consistent like the others were. All right, let's see here. Lamar Jackson, over 300 yards. He threw for 357 against Detroit, 316 against the Rams, and, and 321 against Miami. So three of the games he threw for over 300 yards. Yeah, where they scored 50 points yeah. in that game. Yeah, so, and I'll bet you in those games too, Bob, a lot of yak yards. Was there some long, long catches in those games? I, I don't I don't really recall. But, um, like we said, I mean, three games over 300 yards. What he needs next year, Bob, I'll bet you that he'd be happy if he had six games or seven games over 300 yards passing because then that'll put him over 4,000 yards. Um, in in which I think he should be. I, I think next year, second year of the offense, if he doesn't get 4,000 yards, I think it'll be kind of, he, he'll be disappointed. It's video to Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. News from the nest here on this woman crush Wednesday. He could use some help on the offensive line. John Simpson's a free agent, left guard. Kevin Zeitler's probably on his way out the door here. Who knows what's up with Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley. But John Harbaugh talks about this deep, and we mean deep, offensive line class of 24. I just started watching it, so I, I, it's so far so good. You know, and Eric tells me it's a good old line drive. Well, he kind of talks. Uh, that's one thing. But the offensive line is where it starts. We talked about that in 2008. It's been true forever. You know, you win in the trenches first, right? So uh, we, we think that we're offensive line-centric in our philosophy. And uh, we've got some question marks in our offensive line. So there's going to be some rebuilding that's going to have to be done in there. And we, we're getting to it already. Uh, it's going to be really probably the most important thing we do on offense. Well, you look at the O-line in 19, pretty damn good. And in this year, um, consistent, you know, inconsistent at uh, at the left tackle. But McCary stepped in there and played fairly well. But it's all about the O-line because – 
They want to be the number one run team in the league, and you better be able to you you better be able to block, and then also pass protection because uh, the um, it it is critical that Lamar doesn't take a million sacks and that they can protect him. That's going to be because I mean a lot of those sacks. A good Ronnie Stanley, you know, probably take you take away eight or nine of those sacks just because. He gets pushed back or, you know, Lamar having to scramble because of Ronnie Stanley. I'll bet you that was a lot of them. The uh, strip sack in the playoffs against Kansas City. Big time. By the way, both regular season Ravens quarterbacks, 37 times Lamar, 41 sacks allowed. Yeah. Strong 41. Yeah, I, I think that's way too many. Lamar needs to be like in the bottom five in sacks. Because look at a... Bob, how many sacks does he save the old lineman? That's it. That's the thing. Now the running back room, and we'll use that phrase. I don't know, Nolan. Let's do an over under before the draft four thousand times. Talking about the running back room. Well, here's John Harbaugh. Yesterday was asked about, hey, what's the state of your running back room over here, Harbsy? Up in the air. It's okay. up in the air. You know, we don't have. Uh, we don't have. Uh, a lot of guys under contract right now. We've got Justice. Just love the way Justice played. He was incredible all year. Took another step. I think he's a great player. Uh, then after that, we just got to see him. I mean, we'd love to get Gus back. You know, JK's floating around out there. Just guys who've been with us. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, he didn't mention any free agents. I, I don't, yeah, uh, he doesn't want to give anything away there. But, um, yeah, they don't. I mean, Justice Hill, I, I don't know about a great back. I think he's, I think he's, he's a, um, Fits a very good role for complimentary them. guy. Yes, very good word. He's a complimentary guy, and then to me, that's all they have right now. And would you like the the reason you'd like Gus back, Bob? Outstanding in the red zone. He helped their red zone numbers a ton. He had fourteen touchdowns. So you have fourteen touchdowns, and probably his longest one was maybe four or five yards. They need the guy. Absolutely. And I don't think other than Lamar, they have the guy running that Just football. because Lamar's going to, I would think, Bob, as he gets older, his his yardage will diminish, hopefully. All right. And one more real quick. Wide receivers, uh, the depth there is what? There, John Harbaugh. Well, I think Rashad Bateman's going to take a big step just off the top of my head. You know, I think Rashad's going to get opportunities this year. He ran routes really well. He worked super hard. He was healthy for the first time. Even as the year went on, he got healthier. And you could see it in his play. Uh, The ball got to him when he did. He made some great plays. The ball's going to get to him a lot more next year. He's going to be ready to go. Uh, We got Nelson back. Nelson is a big signing back. He played a big role last year. Of course, Zay, he speaks for himself. Uh, We got Ty in there. Tyler did, did a good job. Uh, then you never know with a guy like Odell. I know that's probably a question people are asking. I've got my fingers crossed. We'll see. That's kind of out there. Those are those things that kind of kind of answer themselves in time. So I just I, I don't think uh, I, I don't know anything. But if I could have an eight million dollar running back or eight million dollar Odell Beckham, I'd rather have the eight million dollar running back. Before we get to the break, is Odell Beckham Jr. a necessity for 2024? No. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back by ourselves. Let's count some cash. And then we're going to Scott, uh, talk to Scott Petrack from brownzone.com. They made the playoffs. They went, uh, well, they got blown out, quite frankly, by Houston. We'll get into the aftermath of that. Big story for the Browns will be Deshaun Watson, his health status.
Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. You know, Jackie faced challenges with her property to such a degree that two other agents and even an auction company, they couldn't overcome them. The pain of it all weighed heavily on Jackie. But thankfully, guess who comes to the rescue? That's right. My man Lee Tessier, the Lee Tessier team of EXP Realty, he was able to turn this tale of woe into a triumph. They negotiated and secured a successful sale just in time for the holidays. The real magic? Lee and his team not only sold the property, they were also able to negotiate terms which spared Jackie from the burden of having to make any repairs, which saves you a ton of money. And with the right team and strategic approach, which was Lee Tessier and his team, anything's possible. So find out for yourself. Skip the hassle of selling your home with Lee's instant offer. Get the ball rolling at LeeTessier.com. So call the only agent I call if I had to sell my home. That man's my buddy Lee Tessier of the Lee Tessier team of EXP Realty. Like I said, he can give you an instant cash offer on your home or he can get your home so guaranteed at a price and a deadline you agree to. So just give Lee a call at 410-638-9555 or go online to LeeTessier.com or Google LeeTessier.com. And when you hire Lee, oh, just start packing. Five years ago occurred the most epic celebration in the history of Baltimore. 105.7 The Fans Faniversary. Let's go live to the Fans Creative Service Department as they draw up the theme for this year's colossal event. Uh, Fan 15? Thursday, March 21st. Riley's Oyster Bar in Timonium. And the gang's all there. Party over here. Come join current and past fan personalities for unlimited food and drink specials as we watch the madness on Riley's Gazillion TVs. <laughs> Thursday, March 21st. Fan 15. For tickets and information, go to 1057thefan.com. From the station whose creative content manager is no longer with us. But we wish him well. 105.7 The Fan. This is Andy Palladino of the Palladino Financial Group. Want to know what you can do to make sure you have enough money in retirement? Tune into my radio show, Your Financial Hour, every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m., and I'll explain steps you can take to help safeguard your income. It's every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Hey, it's Bob Haney for Universal Windows Direct. If you've been cold in your home, do not suffer through one more winter in a cold and drafty home. Call my guys at Universal Windows Direct. For every two windows you buy, you get the next two free. Plus, schedule now, and when you get an estimate from Universal Windows Direct, you'll get a pair of tickets to the Maryland Home and Garden Show. Going on March 2nd, 3rd, and from the 8th to the 10th at the Timonium Fairgrounds while supplies last. For the last windows you'll ever need, go to UniversalWindowsDirect.com. And like me, you'll be saying, I love my windows. From taking on extra shifts to the years of hard work, the success you've already had matters at University of Maryland Global Campus because we're a school for real life. An accredited state university, UMGC lets you earn up to 90 credits toward a bachelor's for prior learning and life and work experience. Plus, we offer affordable tuition and online and hybrid classes, all with the support you need. Begin your next success soon. Undergraduate classes start March 13th. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. There's a big new $50 game from the Maryland Lottery with over 5 million reasons to play. First, the $5 million cash scratch-off gives you a chance to win $5 million instantly. Our biggest instant prize. Then, there's the $100 minimum prize. Then, there's the 50 chances to win cash on every scratch-off. And that adds up to a ton of fun. Oh, I think we broke this thing. Play the new $5 million cash scratch-off today 
and please play responsibly. I've been an HVAC tech all of my adult life, even longer than that, depending on what qualifies a guy as an adult. And I've done every job in the business from large scale commercial to light duty commercial to refrigeration to residential. So here's an inside secret other AC guys don't want you to know. The quality of the install matters way more than the brand of equipment. In fact, the more sophisticated the equipment, the more important the install. Variable speed compressors and blowers, high-tech heat exchangers, and sophisticated control units really can provide your home with added comfort at reduced energy costs, all in a system that'll last longer than your old-school units too, but only if you get them properly installed and commissioned. So, if you're looking to get a high-efficiency heating and cooling system to take advantage of the tax rebates or off-season pricing, know that most any company can get you a rebate or a discount, but only one can get you the quality of the install you need to get the performance you're paying for. Baseball season is almost here, and 105.7 The Fan covers the Baltimore Orioles like Gunnar Henderson covers the hot corner. With the free Odyssey app, you'll never miss Mike Bordick, Ryan Ripkin, and Jim Hunter providing daily insights and analysis on your hometown birds. Baltimore certainly earning their stripes this year as one of the best teams in all of baseball. Baltimore fans have been waiting for this moment. From the station that deals gas. 105.7 The Fan on the free Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today. Are you buying? Great cash, homie. Or are you selling? I'm not going to buy into that crap. Haney and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Haney, 1057 The Fan. everybody. Woman Crush Wednesday. Pick a song. Favorite female artist or band. We'll play it for you. Send it to the uh, Plaza Board text line. Nolan is waiting. Orioles taking on the Twins. Give you the score update in the 1 o'clock hour. Give you the lineup before we hit first pitch. But right now, it's got that cash. Fires. All right, the Dow's down 70. S&P's down six. NASDAQ's down 52. DraftKings up again, 92 cents. Under Armour's up six cents, 8.54. Buy or sell is brought to us by the Farmer's Dog. Start things here in the NFL, where things last year fell apart pretty quickly for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, started the year pretty good, but it, uh, well, went south in a hurry. A lot of speculation about Nick Sirianni losing the team. Players like A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts feuding with each other. Well, A.J. Brown, he tried to squash those rumors in a recent radio interview and cited that the team's early season win streak is proof enough that they can get back to normal in 2024. But Vinny Byers-Sell, Philly can fully move on from their negative headlines in 2023. Yeah, I don't... Well, I'll soft buy... Just because I think they have some issues. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire there. So I don't know what all the issues were in the locker room, but I think A.J. Brown was part of the problem, you know, initially. Now he wants to, uh, you know, do a lot of the talking at the at the end. Plus, I think Hertz was hurt a lot this year, which hurt him too. So I'll soft by that. I was reading yesterday that uh, a veteran player said that A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts played by a different set of rules than the rest of the team did with Sirianni, which led to some of the, uh, I don't know, alleged problemos. But then I just remember A.J. Brown, one melting down during the game. So whatever. Not my problem. Go over to baseball here where the Red Sox signed Liam Hendricks to a two-year deal this offseason. But it'll be a little while before he makes his debut in a Boston uniform. 
underwent Tommy John surgery last August and uh, started the early stages here this spring of tossing the ball again, although we're talking from uh, just 60 feet here. I mean, nothing crazy. Uh, he has late July, though, circled on his calendar as a potential return to the mound. That would be quite the turnaround from this kind of surgery, just given the typical timetable we see for Tommy John. Buy or sell, Bob. Boston will be lucky to have Hendricks at all this year. I'll buy that 100%. And, you know, I'm not saying that his uh, rehab efforts are subpar. I'm not doubting his uh, desire to get back, you know, but history has proven this is a tough thing to return from in a short period of time. So I'm going to go ahead and sell that he'll be back. This guy came back from cancer, so I'm guessing, you know, maybe – we shouldn't underestimate him at all. Back to the NFL, the Seahawks, Mike McDonald getting settled into his new role, new role as head coach there, having to field questions, all the fun ones that come along with that job. And mostly people want to know about the quarterback situation. So when he was asked if Geno Smith, Drew Locke will continue to be a part of the team with a new regime in charge, he was pretty noncommittal with his answer. Maybe an inexperienced answer for a first-time head coach. Maybe he's just being brutally honest. Who knows? Uh, but, Vinny, are you buying or selling that Geno Smith is still the Seahawks' long-term answer? Long-term? I'll, I'll say I'll stop by that because I think it's for the next year that I think he's the answer. But um, I think they redid his contract where he can't go anywhere anyhow. So uh, I maybe a little inexperienced by uh Mike McDonald he probably had to give uh probably had to give the old quarterback a call after and say uh, uh, you're you're really coming back can we circle back to Liam Hendricks real quick cuz this was kind of making me crazy he was briefly an Oriole back in 2013 they got him from the Cubs off waivers and then the Blue Jays claimed him from the Orioles in July of 2014 so no I'm not losing my mind well yes I am but I remember that Add Next. another one to the list. <laughs> yes. The famous guys that had a cup of coffee. Yeah, Justin Turner. Uh, let's Joey see. Bats. We'll go back to baseball here and we'll go back to the Orioles. Corbin right. Burns trade had everyone here in Baltimore I on heard cloud he's pretty nine. Good. They're dreaming of possibilities. What could be with him in the rotation? Some even saying that be the best uh, rotation in the American League, maybe all of baseball. Ooh. Well, that cooled down a little bit with the Kyle Bradish injury. Still a formidable group. Well, Matt Snyder recently ranked the 10 best rotations for CBS Sports. You might be surprised to hear that the O's were not on that list. That son of a bitch. They were others receiving votes. Who is Matt Snyder? He's a longtime writer. Dan's brother. Uh, let's see. That would make sense. <laughs> now, details of the list here. The Reds and Cubs were at the bottom of the list, 9 and 10. So they were ahead of the Orioles. And fellow AL East teams, New York and Toronto, came in at 6th and seventh respectively but bob are you buying or selling that the o's aren't top 10 on paper after the bradish injury i'm selling it i mean i could see them at the bottom part of that if bradish and meansy depending on health means in particular were there i would think they're higher grayson as we all agree i think he's ready to step up in a big way if tyler wells i mean a lot of ifs obviously burns just be burns to be you grayson be you leveling up but if Wells pitches like he did in the first half of last season out of the rotation, Kramer just duplicates. Cole Irvin, you know, lost weight, gained velo. I think there's some strong potential there. And magic beans to trade if you need some help.
just watching Jesus Lazardo on TV, as a matter of fact. And if you were wondering, number one on the list, the Atlanta Braves. No surprise there. Spencer Strider, who looks a lot like Dylan Cease. I don't know why. Strong facial hair. Yes, they do. Just like you, Nolan McGraw. Wouldn't put myself on that level yet, but <laughs> I'll take it. Are we done here? Yeah, sorry, that, that was the music. That uh, was okay, Vinny at 8105. When runs out, that's the cue. It's Vinny at 8105.7 The Band. Here on this Woman Crush Wednesday. Speaking of music, pick a song. Favorite female artist and band will play it. But when we come back, going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. We've talked about the Bengals. We've talked about the Steelers. How's the Browns offseason looking so far? Scott Petrack, brownzone.com. He returns to the program. We'll get to your phone calls at 410-583-1057. Whose window's bigger, the Ravens? or the Orioles as we sit on February 28th, talking about championships, by the way. World championships, not division titles, world championships. Get in on that. We got the NFL lunch coming up, talking about grades as voted by the NFLP. The players themselves graded their own organizations. Give you the Orioles lineup. Pardon me, the wizard. Walt Williams will be joining us bottom of the hour. Talk about the Terps tonight against Northwestern. Maryland needs a miracle, or do they, to get to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think they do. Baltimore's only 24-hour sports station. 105.7. The Fan. 1057 The Fan, Woman Crush Wednesday. A little Spice Girl fun for you. Scott Petrack, brownzone.com, is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Stay tuned for that. Give you the Orioles lineup against the Twins as they get ready to do battle at 105. Walt Williams joining us at 130. Talk about Maryland Northwestern tonight. 7 o'clock tip. It's a game you can hear on the fan. Let's get out to the phones for Ted. 583-1057 is the number. Anything you want to talk about, we are open for you. Go to Parkville. It's Chris. Chris, what's going on? Gentlemen, great show as always. Great show. Um, I had a question for Vinny regarding um, looking forward to uh, this the draft season and everything, free agency and whatnot. Um, since the Ravens uh, offense is predicated on running and given uh, who our quarterback is, do you think it'd be a good idea, like, for for us to like push the push as far as the the hot button pickup, push the running backs back a little bit, and pay more attention to the offensive line as they do anchor what goes on, and then maybe because there's been uh, stories of like running backs. Terrell Davis was a fifth round pickup, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, the fellow from Pittsburgh who I think was behind Natrone Means. Uh, I think it's Charlie Parker, and he had three good years in Pittsburgh. And I was wondering, uh, um, you know, your thoughts on that. Well, it's not a deep draft. We heard Eric say that. Um, and they've had – they'll. I, I think they're going to sign one free agency. And they'll get an undrafted guy or two also. Or maybe they'll take one late if there's somebody late that they like. But I think that um, they'll spend. The O-line, extremely important. Extremely important. I mean – if if you ask Carbs, O-line is numero uno. Hey, we just heard him say that when he met with the media yesterday. By the way, the Ravens' two leading rushers from a running back standpoint this year, Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, yep. both undrafted free agents. But we'll talk more about the Ravens in due time. Let's talk about the Browns, one of their division foes from brownzone.com. It's Vinny and Haney, Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato. Let's welcome back to the show on the WGK Law Guest Hotline, Scott Petrack. Scott, what's up? How you doing, man? 
I'm good. How are you guys? All right, let's get a health status for the Browns here, and in particular, two guys, Deshaun Watson. Last time we saw him, he was carving up the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium. And then Nick Chubb, who uh, was lost basically for the entirety of the season. What's the injury status for those two right now? Sure. That's the last time anybody saw Deshaun Watson because he went on IR after that and had shoulder shoulder surgery. Uh, He's going to start throwing um, within the next couple of weeks. Andrew Barry, the GM, said yesterday, um, he'll throw in March, and March starts in a couple days. So that's great news, right, for the Browns. At least it's the next, it's the first big kind of step in this recovery. He's been doing the rehab, but he's got to be able to throw the ball, and that's a question mark. But they feel good about his progress, and they expect him to be a participant in throughout the offseason program. Now it's a shoulder surgery, so, you know, I don't think anything's a given with that, but they feel good about it. The Nick Chubb is, he's less certain. Um, you know, he had two surgeries on that left knee, the same left knee that was uh, he had a major surgery on when he was at the University of Georgia. Uh, there are multiple torn ligaments and other damage in there. So, you, you know, he's, they expect him to be back at some point during the season, but it might not be week, week one. It doesn't sound like week one. Um, I don't think he's going to be ready to start training camp. So they're going to have to have contingency plans at running back. Now, talk about, uh, to our listeners there, Scott, like the Ravens have needs at certain spots, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about multiple times and will continue to do so. But what about the Browns coming up a playoff year? Cap situation, where are they set? Where are the holes right now? Yeah, you know, the roster's pretty set. I mean, every starter on offense comes back. That doesn't mean they can't upgrade. And when you talk about the offense, it's receiver. I think they need to add to that receiving core. Probably need to upgrade the depth of tight end. You know, David Njoku had a Pro Bowl season, uh, but behind him, they didn't get a whole lot of production. They got to figure out running back. Jerome Ford was pretty good. Um, they got a little bit about, out of Pierre Strong Jr. Uh, Kareem Hunt will probably not come back. And then we just talked about Chubb. So, like, they have some depth that they need to address on offense, but receiver would be the number one need. And then on defense, it's about the D line. Do they bring back to Darius Smith, who's going to be a free agent? He had a pretty good year. Uh, I think it's all about money for him if they can find the sweet spot there. And then they need another starting D tackle to go along with Dalvin Tomlinson. What will year two of Schwartz be like? I mean, first year seemed like it was pretty good, especially the home games, you know, and I would think that uh, second year in the system should be even better. Yeah, you would think, and I'm glad you brought up the home games. There's a big discrepancy between home and road. And for me, it was tough to figure out. You, You know, it's the same guys. Right, Miles Garrett's still out there. They got Denzel Ward, right? But they just couldn't match it, and we saw it show up again in the playoffs. It went down to Houston, you know, got run over and gave up a bunch of big plays. So they need to fix that. But I'm with you. I would think they'd be better in year two. Um, he's so he relies so heavily on that defensive front. So you know, I think they need one more end, depending on if Smith comes back. They probably need a couple tackles, um, just because he likes to go, you know, eight nine guys deep up front. Now. The offensive coaching changes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Billy Callahan, I understand, and uh, Billy is an awesome coach, so that's that's going to be somewhat of a loss. Stump Mitchell they got rid of. Was there any other offensive guys they got rid of? Yeah, I mean, Alex Van Pelt, the coordinator, yep. they offered him a different role, and he said no, and then he wound up going and getting the coordinator job with the Patriots. Uh, they let go, or they didn't retain their tight ends coach, T.C. McCartney. So really – Chad O'Shea, the receivers coach, is the only head position coach coming back on that offensive staff. So there's a lot of change over there. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski remains, and he runs the offense. We'll see if he calls plays 
Uh, he's not made that announcement yet. We're talking to him like in an hour. I doubt he'll announce that today, but um, it'll be he, he or Ken Dorsey. Um, how you Tommy Reese, who'd been at Notre Dame and then he was at Alabama last year, the former Notre Dame quarterback. He's going to coach tight ends and be a pass game specialist. So I think they're looking for more views, different views, some of the college stuff, uh, dual threat quarterbacks, just everything they can do to get the most out of Deshaun Watson. What are they going to do at backup quarterback, and, and how confident yeah. are they in Watson? Well, I mean, they have to be confident in Watson. <laughs> you know, I made a choice. Um, so he's going to be your guy. But uh, to your point, we saw it last year. He was not able to stay healthy last year, which is the first time since he's a rookie where he missed time with an injury. But he's getting older. You never know. It's a shoulder. You've got to be careful. So I think we saw it across the league. You've got to get a backup quarterback that you can trust to come in and win games. The Browns got a little bit of lucky having Flacco come in and do that for him at the end of last year. So I think they – I know they'd like to have Joe Flacco back, um, but they're only going to pay so much for a backup quarterback because they don't have, it, you know, all the cap world in the room. They're paying Deshaun Watson so much money. So, you know, I, I think Flacco, Jacoby Brissett would be at the top of their wish list um, as long as they don't price themselves out of the market. Now, why are they looking for a new stadium? The, the one they have is not that old, is it? Or if it if the problem, what's wrong with it? Well, it opened in 99. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of with you. It's not that old. And you would think a stadium could last longer than 25 years. Um, you know, there's. The, I, I think the biggest issue is it's tough to get in and out of from, like, a traffic perspective. And part of that's downtown, you know, the area on the lakefront part of it's the stadium setup. The concourses are narrow. Um, you know, I don't have to deal with that going up to the press box. But I went to a concert there, and it feels real tight, right? So it's not open. It doesn't go all the way around. The concourses don't go 360, so you're kind of limited to what you can do. I'm sure luxury seats and loges and those kind of things they would want to upgrade. So, yeah, there's a good decision to make. Either it's going to be a really expensive renovation on the site, or they're going to try to build a dome somewhere. And they hope to have that figured out by the end of this calendar year, because the lease run through, runs through uh, 2028. Now, what are the expectations for the Browns going into this next season? I think they're high coming off 11-6 and six in the playoff spot, right? Um, I, I, the expectation is that Deshaun Watson can stay healthy, that this team should compete for the AFC North title. And we know that's not easy. Right? We know the other teams in the division. Cincinnati should be better. Um, obviously, Baltimore's really good. But – this roster, I think this roster compares with everybody in the league. It comes down to if your quarterback can play at a high enough level in the right moments in the right games, right? Can Deshaun Watson beat Lamar Jackson like he did in the second half in Baltimore, right? If he plays like that, then I think the Browns can compete with just about anybody. Scott Petrack, brownzone.com, joining us here, Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. We're going to talk more about this top of the hour on our show, Scott, about the NFLPA handing out grades. I don't see any with Cleveland, any Blutarski 0.0s here, but anything from what you've seen surprise you in relation to the way the Browns players themselves feel about the organization in various different areas here? Yeah, I mean, they got a couple of Ds. They got a D-minus for treatment of families, I think. They don't like how they handle the uh, game day experience for the families. Um, the weight room and the locker room have been the major issues both years because during COVID, they moved the weight room into the indoor practice facility. So it takes up part of the facility. It's not its own weight room. The Browns are redoing the whole facility and stuff. So, you know, I think they plan to fix that, but it's been going on for a while, and the players don't like that. But the surprising one to me was, you know, Kevin Stefanski, the coach, wins coach of the year, and he gets a B-minus from the players. And 
the the one the biggest complaint, according to the you know overview that the NFLPA did, was they don't feel like he takes makes the best use of his time or their time, right? <laughs> I think they must think that the meetings go on too long or he talks too long or he keeps them there, you know, all day. So. You know, that, that was the one that kind of jumps out and say, okay, well, everybody thinks he's the best in the league this year, and, um, you know, B-minus isn't, I'm sure you'd hope for higher than that. He's won Coach of the Year twice, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Twice in four years, yeah. <laughs> Scott Petrack, brownzone.com. Scott, we appreciate it. Enjoy the combine. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, fellas. Uh, Scott Petrack, everybody. It's Vinny at Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll get to the Ravens grades when we get to the NFL lunch, which is coming up at 1 o'clock. We'll come back, give you the Orioles lineup as they take on the Twins at 105. Keep you up to date on the score. Throughout the final hour of this program, the Wizard Walt Williams will be joining us. 1.30 preview. Maryland Northwestern tonight. Terps coming off the win against Rutgers. They need to start stacking because they are running out of time. Sports. With balls. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. NFL lunch coming up top of the hour. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Going to talk about the Ravens' grades as they were graded as an organization by their players. Just talk to Scott Petrack here about Cleveland. And Coach of the Year got a B minus. Is this Janet Jackson? Miss you much? You got it. You're welcome, Jimmy. And Mrs. Patsos. Jimmy Patsos, by the way, sitting in with me. The Monday, uh, the week of the NCAA tournament. Right after Selection Sunday. Talk about Maryland's chances with Walt Williams. And they're slim. They really are. I mean, they're slim. I mean, they're going to have to win the next three games, get to 500, probably win at least two games in the Big Ted tournament. But the Wizard, he'll talk to us at 1.30. But we'll get to the grades. And, uh, you know... They didn't get hammered. The Ravens didn't in some areas, but actually dipped a little bit from 2023, so stay tuned for that. Orioles try not to dip here in 2024 as they're one of the favorites to uh, win the American League's Eastern Division Championship and make a deeper run in the playoffs than they did last year when they were swept by the eventual World Series champions taking on the Twins today at 105. We talked about this earlier with Rich Dubroff. Birds are in uh, Fort Myers today. Leading off for the Orioles. We'll keep you up to date on the scores. It starts in about 10 minutes. Cedric Mullins, your DH. Anthony Santander's in right field. Ryan O'Hearn is at first base. Austin Hayes is cleaning up in left field. Ramon Arias, your third baseman. Jordan Westberg, your shortstop, which is his natural position. But he can play them all because he's versatile. Colton Kalzer is in center field. Nick Maton, he's at second base. And Maverick Handley is behind the plate. Dean Kramer going to be tossing the old horse side for the Orioles, at least for the first inning or two. Brian Baker, Jonathan Heasley. And then your boy Wandison Charles scheduled to throw today, Nolan, who's bringing it around triple digits at least so far. But who knows? Orioles sign Julio Tehran, as you heard during Nolan's update. Former All-Star two-timer with the Atlanta Braves. Chances of making the team probably aren't all that great, but it's a minor league deal. If he makes the major league roster, it will be two mil in his pocket. So we'll keep you up to date. As we said, Orioles and twins coming up at one Oh five. As we talk Orioles baseball here on the fan, but tease a little bit, the NFL PA, that's the NFL players association treatment of families. 
And we just talked to Scott about that. And apparently Brown's players were bent that they got a D minus the way they treat the families over there. Ravens got a B minus in that regard. Yeah. Um, Bob, I, I don't know if we had um, like family places for the family and babysitters and stuff during the game. I don't, I don't know. I, that wasn't uh, my area that I had to deal with. So I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a lot of teams do that, but I guess, you know, for parents, you know, for younger people and stuff, it's probably, it's probably a good idea to have it. Ninth out of the 32 teams, which puts you in the top yeah. 10, which is always a good place to be. Uh, according to the players, they offer the Ravens we're talking about a family room at the stadium, handling their business yeah. there, offer daycare during the game because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dad's playing and the mom's probably engaged yeah. in the uh, proceedings as well. And the team has improved the post-game family area, but some players feel information is not shared with the families as well as it should be. Yeah, you know, with the post-game, um, that one that one would be nice because, especially if you're in a cold weather area or whatever, to have the family, because... For a player to get out after a game, after he does interviews, showers, and all that, could be 45 minutes. And then one of the families, he's standing outside in the cold or whatever. So if you have a nice place to hang out and mingle with the other, you know, wives or whoever that are in there, and you bring the kids in and stuff to have a place to stay, I think that's that's a very good idea. Uh, Staying in the NFL, since we're coming up on NFL lunch, uh, Chiefs, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they're going to release him, which will save them 12 mil against the cap cap here in 24, and they're going to franchise uh, Legereus Sneed, no surprise there. If they don't sign him, however, they're open to trading him. Yeah, easier said than done. You know, and and they're gonna want. They're not. Uh, they're not gonna trade him unless they get a one in something. And who's gonna want to give that? And then you're gonna have to pay the guy nineteen, twenty million dollars. You got to give him a five year, hundred million dollar deal, on top of giving your one and your two. It's video at Haiti one zero five seven. The fan NFL lunch and grades coming up next. If you want to get in, you can at four tap five eight three one zero five seven. Give you the Orioles score as it happens as they're taking on the Twins starting in about ten minutes. And then Walt Williams will be joining us preview Maryland Northwestern tonight. Northwestern probably as close to a lock as you'd like to be. I mean, they're not, so they want to handle their business. But Maryland, they need a lot of help, and they can help themselves by you know just winning some games here. An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. Oh, man, I think integrity is important to me. Passion for the game is important to me. Work ethic, dependability, growth mindset, grit. All those things factor in. You know, it's something that we uh, we really kind of focus on. You know, I mean, anyone can watch tape and assess how good a player can catch a football or bend his knees or make a tackle in space or block somebody. But to me, the secret sauce is really knowing the person. Tarek DaCosta met with the media yesterday, and he was talking about what the Ravens look for when they're scouting and eventually drafting players. You want the best players talent-wise, but you want players that are going to fit in 
be part of the continuity, not disrupt things. And as he said, you know, anyone can can scout them from a physical standpoint, but got to get the leather couch out and kind of figure out who they are as people eventually. Yeah, that's a huge part of it because you want to know what you're getting. And the biggest reason, Bob, is, is, I mean, and that's a job for your scouts because the scouts are the ones that go into the schools. The scouts are the ones that have the relationships with the, the coaches, the trainers, um, the academic people. You meet with all those people so you can learn as much as you can about the athlete, about the player. Because if, if he doesn't like to work, I mean, I mean, if a guy doesn't love the game and he doesn't like to work, you got to push him to work. I don't want that guy because how's he going to get better? You want guys that love the game, passionate about it, and have football intelligence. They're smart guys. Yeah, and they're good guys in the locker room. Those are the same kind of stuff that Eric's talking about. I mean, that's why they say play like a Raven, and those are all the things that they look for in a guy that they want to draft that plays like a Raven. Smart, tough, competitive, loves the game. You know, the compete, man. You know, because all the things that Eric just mentioned, Bob, they they don't take talent. They, they take nothing to do with talent. It's all about the guy off the field and what you're getting in the locker room. Sweetie Haiti, 1057 The Fan, NFL Lunch. Now let's get to the grades here. Came out today. NFL Players Association, that's them, the players, voting on their organizations. We talked about treatment of families for the Ravens. I'm just going down the list in order. B minus, which was ninth out of 32. Never eaten at one winning drive, full disclosure. I have. But food, cafeteria, C plus. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I don't, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times, and they, you know, they have salad bar, they have soups, they have sandwiches, they have hot food. I, I don't. What do they want, Ruth Chris? Or I don't, I don't. I'm not sure. I would assume Jerry Coleman might be more of an appropriate judge of their uh, food choices. There, nutritionist and dietitian B minus, which is 19th out of 32. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have a nutrition. You know, I mean, the nutritionist is there to help anybody that want. I'm sure they give them a program. You know, if a guy needs to lose weight, gain weight, that's what your nutritionist is there for. Plus, the nutritionist is there to put the foods in the cafeteria that are good for you. Locker room B minus. I've I've never been in a locker room. Be totally honest, Bob. I've never been in their locker room, so I don't know what it's like. That would have been a good one for Cordell. To ask about the locker room, um, I don't know. You know, do they want it like these college locker rooms that you know for recruiting? You got to have everything in in uh, imaginable in there that uh, you know cleans your cleans everything while it sits there and airs it out and does all those things. I don't. I don't know. I mean, Bob, when when we played, when I played in high school, it stunk so bad. You walk into that locker room. You know, because stuff hangs there for days. Or the gym with the sweaty jocks and the sweat socks. By the way, wash your feet, people. Anyway, here's what the Ravens players said talking about the locker room. B minus. 93% of the players feel like the locker room is big enough. Okay. Only 66% of the players feel like they have enough room in their individual lockers. So apparently when it comes to locker size, they're one of the worst small lockers in the NFL. And the team added couches and TVs to the middle of the locker room 
So the players do have a little relaxation area, which I guess pacified them based on the needs from last season. Yeah, and the players probably would prefer to have like a like a game room, you know, off the locker room, which gives you more room in the locker room. Because, Bob, when you have everybody at camp, you got to bring more lockers in there because you probably have 90 guys. And then all of a sudden you clear out a bunch of lockers. So, um, yeah, I, you know, they just want a lot of bells and whistles, Bob. Training room, C+. The, again, just tuning in, NFL Lunch, these are the Ravens players by way of the NFLPA. They did a survey. They voted. This is them talking about the team they play for. C-plus for the training room. Oh, only 79% of the players feel like they have enough full-time trainers, which was 28th overall. Only 74% of the players feel like they have enough full-time physical therapist, which was 25th overall. 80% of the players feel like they have enough hot tub space. Mm-hmm. Only 76% of the players feel like they have enough cold tub space. I mean, all of this is in the 20s there. And players want more staff and more resources in the training room. A lack of training staff makes it difficult to recover and be prepared to play well. Yeah, I don't don't know how many that. Usually, Bob, also you have, you know, you have your head trainer, you have assistants, and then you have usually some interns and stuff too. And like when I was in Washington in San Fran – um, a lot of the players, they like to use their own masseuse. Like, they'll go get them at night, um, and they don't want that in the facility. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, how, how many people – you can't have one for everybody. Now, training staff. Yeah. I mean, they've upgraded here. B-minus, 82% of the players feel like they receive enough one-on-one treatment. And that's still only 24th overall. Players feel that the training staff moderately contributes to their success. Moderately. See, I, I would say. Moderate's like it's it's okay. It's acceptable. But yeah. I don't think great. I, I, I think the biggest part of it is, is when you've got an injury, do they get you back quicker? And do they give you the treatment that's needed? And, and the biggest thing is, is how quick can you get me back? That's, right. that's the thing. Strength coaches. Last year, Nolan, they were what? F minus? Yes. They're a B this year. It was voted by the players. They changed. 90% of the players feel like they get an individualized plan. The players feel that the strength coaches moderately contribute to their success. And both in the 20s, by the way. Players are ha- Here we go. This is the big one. Players are happy with the change in the strength coach and feel they have a better working relationship and can be more productive. Yeah. To me, the strength coach, the, the thing with the strength coach as a as a GM and as a head coach, that's where you get all your information from because that's where the players spend the most time. And who knows the players the best is the strength coaches. They're with them more than, than anybody. They're with them, you know, in April and those types of things. And, Bob, about them getting them – um, improving them, I, I think they're a big part of it. The only thing is, is like in college, they're almost with you year-round, so they can help you even more, whereas in the pros, they're not with you year-round. And a lot of times during the football season and stuff, it's just maintenance-type stuff. And then when they have their off time, they're heading back to wherever to work with their guys. Now, team travel. 
I mean, you want to be happy when you're traveling and you wake up for your game. C minus, which is 21st, 88% of the players feel like they have a comfortable amount of space during flights. Mm -hmm. 12th overall. Keep in mind, these are big men. And there's only so many first class seats on a plane, Bob. And a lot of times, you know, you're going by seniority. And the Ravens are one of seven teams that require some of their players to have roommates the night before a game. Now, both NFL teams I was with had roommates. You know, and it costs twice as much. You know, if you don't have a roommate. A lot of guys like to have, like Steve Young, Brent Jones. Room together all the time. You know, and and because with Steve Young having Brent Jones, it kind of calms, you know, Calms you down. Have another guy to talk to. Now let's get to the head coach. This is the players again, NFLPA. These are the Ravens talking about John Harbaugh. He gets a B plus, which is 20th out of 32 teams. Hey, Kevin Stefanski just won coach of the year. Got a B minus. 79% of the players feel that John Harbaugh is efficient with their time, which is 25th overall. Explain what that means. What, How much more time effectiveness do they want from the head coach here? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is is meetings. You know, that it's not – what you don't want is you don't want wasted time and you don't want to meet to meet. Just you're having meetings to have meetings. No, make it beneficial. Make it worthwhile. And then when you're not, you can get them out of the building. Don't you – you know, a lot of coaches like to just keep their players around um, because they can meet with them forever. No, make their time efficient. And because nowadays, Bob, you don't have to sit in the facility and watch film. You know, you got the iPads, you got all that. So you can do a lot of stuff at home. And players, they they want to get out of there too. And the players feel that John Harbaugh is somewhat willing to listen to the locker room. Uh, you know, good head coach. Well, you have your committee that you listen to pretty much. You know, you, you have your veteran committee that kind of comes to you with any issues that you meet with once a week that comes. Is there any any issues in the locker room, anything coming on? You know, that's that's usually who he deals with. You know, the leaders of the group is what he deals with. And then owner, talking about Steve Bishotti, A. Got a Fonzie, A. Club owner Steve Bishotti receives a rating of 9.6 out of 10 from Ravens players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities, which is fourth overall. Yeah, I would say the Owings Mills facility, Bob, is probably as good as it gets in the NFL. If not, it's it's extremely high. And then look at all the money that they put into the stadium to to make that better and stuff. He's not afraid to, to have nice things out there. I mean, and the fields are great. Uh, is, there a, is there a grade on the, like, practice fields and stuff? The, their fields are excellent. I mean, they have a ton of people that work out there and take care of the fields and stuff. So, yeah, I I, uh, I would agree with that after, you know, being out there quite a bit. And then uh, real quick, Kansas City, the Chiefs, who won what? Three Super Bowls here last five years. They get an F-minus ownership. Club owner Clark Hunt receives a rating of 4.9 out of 10 from Chiefs players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities. So it sounds like how much are you willing to spend 
to upgrade what we got to deal with here. And uh, Andy Reid got an A+, which is number one. Gave high ratings to Andy Reid, making him the highest-rated coach in the NFL. He seems like a jolly good fella that uh, gets along great with his player. And I think he has a presence, and he's extremely creative. And, and Bob, I'll bet you, you know, the teams that win, they'll probably get higher grades than... I who uh, McDaniel's was last, I think, wasn't he, on that list? I, I think for coaches, which you know he doesn't talk to anybody. You know, so those kind. Of, I think Andy is very open. You look at him in the locker room when they're afterwards celebrating and stuff. You can you can kind of tell that the players like respect him. Yeah, McDaniel's got a D from the Raiders, which was the lowest grade of all of. Staley the- got a higher one. Staley got, let's see here. He got a B. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Game day management wasn't. It's big at 81057. <laughs> the fan will come back, give you an Orioles update. Stay tuned for that. Address a little bit of Mel Kuyper's first mock draft as uh, Mel Kuyper broke down what the Ravens could do at pick number 30. All of this is to be determined. And then Walt Williams will be joining us bottom of the hour preview Maryland Northwestern tonight. A game you can hear on the fan. Our coverage starts at 6. What are you drinking? Vinny. Cake bread. Shot an A. Haney. Mick Ultra. Vinny and Haney. 105.7. The Fan. Orioles take it on the Twins. Down at Fort Myers. Dean Kramer struggling here. First inning. Couple hits. A run in already. For Dean Kramer. Going to be part of the rotation again. Can't panic over your first spring training outing. You want to be a little more effective than he's been, obviously. But Dean Kramer getting touched up a little bit right now. So the Orioles take it on the Twins. Birds themselves, by the way, they go three up, three down in the top of the first against Minnesota down at Fort Myers. Mullins flies out. Santander lines out. And O'Hearn, he strikes out. More updates we get in the next 40 minutes. We will share them with you for sure. Mel Kuyper Jr., Baltimore Zone. Mock draft today on ESPN.com. Ravens have the 30th pick in the draft. We'll get to that in a second. But to give you the top five, according to Mel, which will change, I'm assuming. Bears go Caleb Williams at number one. Ryan Poles yesterday basically said, we're going to do right by Justin Fields, and if we're going to trade him, We're going to trade him before free agency starts here in a couple of weeks. It sounds like Justin Fields has played his last game with the Chicago Bears and all of the hubbub that Caleb Williams didn't want to go to Chicago. That appears to be sort of a interweb fodder, if anything. I would think the only thing that could screw that up, Bob, if he was a total jerk in their interviews and stuff, which I don't anticipate that. I think he's probably, probably a polished guy if he wants to be. Well, and the fact that uh, a lot of press about him has been negative, petulant, spoiled, his dad's a meddler, and, you know, I don't know if any of that's true. By the way, I don't know this guy personally or his dad, but, you know, the talent is immense for sure. Well, the thing about it is, is, um, are you listening to any of that? Your scouts and, you know, the GM polls, he's probably been out to SC a couple times, and they've talked to everybody out there. You can only get 
real stuff if you have a relationship with a coach or somebody there. Otherwise, you know, they can't because Bob, if 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 you go out how many times have we seen where, you know, a coach told the truth to somebody and then it got out and then the players all, you know, gets all pissed off and then everybody's mad at the coach for telling the truth when you got to protect your players. Now, Washington has the second pick, and Mel's got Jaden Daniels, LSU, going there to the Commanders. There's always a possibility, but the probability that Washington could move up to one. Because Caleb Williams makes the most – they just hired Cliff Kingsbury, who was his coach at Oklahoma – or, excuse me, was there in uh, USC last year. He's from the DMV. Right. I mean, that's his locale. It would be a perfect scenario for him, but long shot for this to become a reality here. And how much of a consolation prize would Jaden Daniels be? Yeah, we're going to find out. I, I think what Mel you know, gave the reasoning why Daniels over May was it's a better fit for haircut. You know, with his style of offense, that was the biggest reason. And Bob, back to Caleb Williams. I, I sometimes going back to your home area, you know, you got your homies. You got it. A lot of times, it's not a good thing to go back home. You got a lot of people. A lot of people want tickets. A lot of people want this. A lot of people grabbing, wanting things from you. Um, he may be better off in Chicago. Hey, Chase Young, after a great start. I mean, he's same thing. He's from Damatha down there. Well, how about Hyattsville? Uh, the, the Ohio State court, the one that got Haskins. Haskins. Yeah, same thing with Haskins, too. New England goes Drake May at number three. I mean, Bob, they they don't they haven't won. They, they don't win unless they have a quarterback. And that's that's where they got to start. I, I think that's kind of a no-brainer for them and Washington. So that means Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones. Yeah. Bombadita, Bombadita, happy trails he'll, to you. He'll be a backup or he'll – I mean, it sounds like, Bob, that that quarterback room was all messed up. The the rookie who was there this past, he didn't even meet with them in the because uh, Mac Jones and Zappy or whatever, they were like at an odds. So it was a tough quarterback room. And I blame that some on the quarterback coach. Number four. Overall, Arizona goes Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, if there's a can't-miss guy, if we want to go there, he appears to be the guy for sure. Size, speed. His dad was a Hall of Famer. He had production at Ohio State. Yeah. Made big plays in big games. Major need because Marquise uh, Brown's free agent there. Number five, Chargers. J.C. Latham, offensive tackle. One of the many. Offensive yeah. tackles expected to go high in this year's draft out of uh, Alabama there. Now, Mel originally had Bowser there, tight end. But, Brock Bowers. Or Bowers, I'm sorry. Bowser's from Shanana, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he put Latham there because Harbaugh likes to run the ball, likes to be physical. Same thing with John. You talk about the old line. That that Latham, the Alabama, he'll be a right tackle for them because uh, – they got the Northwestern Slater on the left side, who's really good. And that's a, like a 360-pound right tackle. Giro will love them, you know, because they can run the ball. And Giro, Giro loves O-linemen, running backs, and tight ends. Hates receivers. Uh, by the way, uh, Mel has Bowers going number 10 to the Jets. Jets. Q, little uh, addition for you. J.J. McCarthy, 12 to Denver. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson wants to stay. 
Don't sound like he's going to have much of a choice when it's all said and done. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like, Bob, I mean, he's just saying what he's got to say um, right now, Russell Wilson. They're playing, uh, they're playing a game between the two because for them to trade him, they're going to have, he's owed like $37 million next year. So they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to eat to trade him, Bob, to get anything. They're going to have to eat like 25 mil. Denver. So they're going to have to eat 25 mil and then trade him. All right, let's get back to the Ravens because, again, it's fluid. This is all going to no change because uh, they're doing the combine hasn't really started yet in regards to on the field. But Ravens have the 30th pick, and this fills a need. Mel has uh, Kamari Lassiter uh, out of Georgia coming in here, cornerback, ready to rock and roll. Plug and play. Yeah, well, the nice thing about that is, is, um, you know, Todd Munkin would know him, and he'd have gone against him every day in practice in the one-on-ones and stuff. So you got uh, really good intel there. Here's an interesting one, though. Talk about needs. Chop Robinson going 31 to San Francisco. Started at Maryland. Now at Penn State. He goes the very next pick. You got a corner. You got a pass rusher. Yeah. Oh, the quandary. Eric DaCosta. Well, the thing the thing with Eric is, is let's say that there's – they're sitting at 30, and there's four or five guys that he still really likes at 30. Then I think he backs up. But then when you say, okay, we can, if we have the opportunity, we can back up, but we can only back up three or four spots, you know, because then it drops off for us. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that Eric will have to deal with when he's on, on the clock. And, and the pass rusher, I mean, Chase Young. It's going to be interesting to see, Bob. I don't, I don't know if he's going to. I don't think he's going to get paid a ton of money. He's going to have to do a one-year prove-it deal too. I think. It's video Haiti one hundred five seven. The fan Orioles, I think, trail Minnesota because I'm reading here. And keep in mind, I've been watching baseball pretty much the entire time. I've been walking the face of the planet. Orioles are winning. Well, yeah, Hayes doubled the right, and then Arias hit a two-run bomb. Nice. And then the score here says two, yeah, two-one Orioles because it had yeah. There you go. Minnesota, they scored one as uh, Dean Kramer scuffled there yeah. in the uh, first inning there. So the Orioles are uh, leading. Ramona Rios breaking out the whipping stick. It's video at Haiti, 1057 The Fan. When we come back, Walt Williams is going to be joining us. Preview Maryland Northwestern coming up tonight. Our coverage starts at 6. And then it's a funhouse trip with Nolan McGraw before Inside Access takes over at 2. Sports on demand. The on demand. 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057, the fan. Woman Crush Wednesday. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw, other side of the glass. You just heard during Nolan's update. Maryland Northwestern tonight, 7 o'clock tip. Xfinity Center, you can hear it on the fan here to preview that. Talk about some other college hoops happenings. Maryland legend, part of the Maryland radio crew, and he's a friend of our show. He's on the WGK Logist Hotline. Let's welcome in the wizard, Walt Williams. Walt, what's happening? How you doing, brother? Doing all right, dude. Always great to talk to you. Uh, Terps aren't all that great at home. Well, they're better at home than they have been on the road. Northwestern's coming in here, and they're not all that great on the road when they're almost dominant at home. As a matter of fact, we're not here to talk gambling. Maryland, at least from what I saw earlier, is favored to win this game. Talk about that disparity in this day and age where, you know, the home court advantage can be so dominant for one team, and then playing on the road, it's like they've never played basketball before. 
Well, I mean, especially those things are paramount when you're talking about how much parity it is uh, amongst the teams. So they are so even right now, and just those little disparities will give a team advantages. You know, being able to sleep in your own bed, have a familiar um, uh, a way of doing things on game day, as opposed to, you know, traveling, and then you're, you're sleeping in foreign places and, you know, having to adapt to where you are. So those little things can make a difference when you're talking about teams that are so uh, evenly matched. And a lot of been talked about this week, Walt, about court storming, speaking of uh, home court advantages, your opinion on this as what? Well, I don't know. It's kind of tough because we're talking about Duke guys from Duke, so I might not be as objective. Yeah, about I was kind of hoping that would have been Ray Lewis <laughs> running that dude over to me. <laughs> but hey, look, you know, you when you're out there on the court and, and things like that happen, uh, normally you're, you're paying attention and you're making sure uh, uh, that you're staying out of the way or you're, you're um, avoiding people and things like that. It seemed like to me that he tried to trip that that kid running or what have you, and then he. Uh, uh, suffered the uh, uh, suffered an injury from that. So, I mean, you know, hey, when Caitlin Clark, she was out there running on the court and somebody ran into her, you know, um, hey, we wasn't talking about stopping the celebration then. So, I don't know what makes it go to another level when we're talking about these guys here, but um, you know, that's a, that's a part of the game and you understand that and uh, you know, hey, but I can understand people uh, wanting to make sure the players are safe and everything like that, but you know, it happens. Uh, we, we understand that people are running out on the court, and so you try to react accordingly and, and stay out of the way. Walt Maryland's coming off the win against Rutgers. It was not a beautiful thing to watch, but it's a win nonetheless. You have three games left. Try to get to 500 in the league. Still put you at a disadvantage because you don't have a lot of quad one wins and all of the fun stuff that you're judged by nowadays. If you're Kevin Willard down this home stretch, what are you saying to your guys as you know you're up against it here if you're trying to dance? Well, yeah, you, you want to finish out uh, the season on a good note, you know, finishing up, playing well against these final uh, final three opponents. Um, you talk about uh, the Rutgers game. It was not an attractive game, uh, but we got it done. But you can't expect uh, teams to shoot 37% from the field, 18% from the three-point line, you know. And so uh, things that can be consistent is, you know, out-rebounding teams. Uh, we we out-rebounded Rutgers 42 to 29, got 15 offensive rebounds. That's that's giving you extra possession. So those things are always key, uh, making sure we're assisting, um, uh, passing it to each other, and the guys are finishing. You know, in that Northwestern game, we played them earlier in the season. Only four guys scored in the, in the game. And so you, that's, that is not a remedy for success. You need uh, total team effort. Uh, J.Y., he was unbelievable in that game, scoring 36 points. But uh, you, you need other guys to make their imprint on the game in order for, uh, for you to have team success. Now, since Maryland played Northwestern last, they lose Ty Berry, who was next to Boo Booey, arguably their best player. But uh, Ryan Longborg has really stepped up in his absence. What about Northwestern? It's going to make them a tough matchup for Maryland tonight. Well, once again, it seems like every Big Ten team is a 
a solid defensive team. So it's going to put pressure on us to be able to score the basketball to some extent. Um, I think that uh, we are a very good defensive uh, team as well. We've been consistent on that end. Uh, but you're going to have to score. Um, the, like Once again, the last time we played Northwest, it came down to the end. And uh, Boo Boo, he just, made some, uh, he just made some sensational plays down the end to win the game for him. So uh, I think that, uh, like once again, we, we have to have more than four guys contributing on the offensive end. Um, and I, we, we're capable of doing that. So uh, defense, we've been solid. We've been solid on that end. So it's just about making sure other guys can contribute on the offensive end and, and they're feeling comfortable being aggressive going to the basket. So uh, we need to get to the free throw line if we're not able to hit threes. And so that's going to be uh, from our mentality of, of getting into the paint. And, you know, Juju had a sensational game against the against Rutgers. He has to be similar today. He has to play like that uh, against Northwestern. And, uh, and he's capable of doing that. So I think that will be the key for us to be able to uh, have guys who contribute on the offensive end and not just put it in JY's lap. Hey, Walt, have you seen the um, Queen kid play? And if you have, how will he fit in? Well, I have seen some highlights of him. What I can tell you is, man, he has some great hands. Uh, he can catch the ball in traffic finish. Um, he's a fantastic passer. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Embiid, the way he can pass the ball from the top of the key area and uh, be, and and, uh, and is a threat uh, from that uh, from that position. So, um, and the biggest thing I think he brings to the table is I think that because of how highly ranked he is, that other players will uh, find him uh, uh, find it attractive to play with him. And so I think that's the biggest advantage he brings to the table is that he will have. Have, uh, he will uh, um, have other guys uh, want to play alongside him. And so, uh, you know, that uh, ups our level of recruiting. He's the Wizard, Walt Williams, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Walt, last thing for you, Monty Williams went off a couple of nights ago on the refs after uh, they got host. Let's be honest, there was a missed yeah, call. Absolutely. Even the officials admitted after the game, oh, sorry about that. You know, yeah. we'll try to do better. But uh, have you seen a decline in the officiating at the NBA level? You played in the league for over 10 years. Is it really as bad as, uh, you know, we tend to notice it to be? Because these mistakes are real egregious, it seems. Oh, man, I think it's always been bad. You there know, you I complain about the officials all the time. I think what highlights things now is that those officials come back afterwards and let you know, yeah, we did make this mistake. Beforehand, it was just our own psyche that said, yeah, they didn't make the calls when they needed to, but it was nothing to confirm that. And nowadays it is. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit tougher uh, to deal with. But I mean, you know, hey, they're human beings. They're going to make mistakes. But uh, that was just egregious. I mean, and then right after that, you call the and one uh, to finish the game off. So, I mean, it was, it was just bad, you know. And uh, I think the, the way Monty handled it was appropriate. You know, uh, it was, it's been very frustrating for him. He's been having to deal with this all season when you, when you hear him talk about those things. And so uh, having the record that the Detroit Pistons have, and, and you know, they've been close in some game, a, lot, a few games. And so, uh, man, I, I just got to imagine that as frustrating. But, Hey, they got this 
himself together. He regrouped, uh, got over it, and they came back the next night and got a win. So uh, that's a credit to, to Marnie and his coaching staff and also uh, uh, the players. I know if it was me, I would have eaten a nice stiff drink after that game. <laughs> nice vodka. Where would I have gone for that one, Walt Williams? Oh, man, you got to try to clutch vodka. <laughs> um, 100% corn, gluten-free, no sugar, no carbs. The biggest thing about uh, as our brand is that now we partner with the uh, – uh, one Maryland collective, the NIL program with the University of Maryland. So every bottle sale, uh, a portion of that goes to, to support uh, the student athletes. We wanted to be able to give back in some way and then also have the uh, community be a, uh, have an opportunity to be, to be a part of it. So uh, we came up with this idea right here, and uh, hopefully it'll be something great. Well, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, buddy. There he is, the Wizard Walt Williams. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back, go to the fun house, give you a score score update for the Orioles. And the Orioles sign another familiar name to a minor league deal, and it's not Julio Tehran. Vinny and Haney, put your headphones in and ignore your coworkers. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan, Woman Crush Wednesday, Orioles 3-1 over the Twinkies. Ramon Arias, three ribbies, two-run jack, his singles in Cedric Mullins. So the Orioles lead the Twins, 3-1 Fort Myers, top of the third. Dean Kramer goes two innings there after a shaky first inning, unscathed in the second. So the Orioles and Twins getting it on. And we talked earlier today about the Orioles signing Julio Tehran to a minor league deal, which they've made official, Nolan. They also bring in Colton Wong, two-time gold glove winner for the St. Louis Cardinals. Was an everyday player for the Brewers just two years ago. 2023 wasn't all that great in Seattle or the Dodgers. Left-handed stick. He is 33 years old, but this guy was one of the top rookies 10 years ago with St. Louis. And now he's coming to Baltimore looking to uh, earn a spot. On the roster, very Adam Frazier, uh, Odor, Rugnet Odor like, but with a much higher defensive upside here. Well, I was going to say a little bit different than those signings because you know it's coming this late into spring training. It is a minor league deal, so I think that tells you how they feel about him. But I was convinced that they weren't going to see fit to make any sort of veteran addition in their infield because there's just too much competition. Now, again, this one, you're trying to put together a bit of a reclamation project here. So, you know, this guy doesn't have big expectations coming in, but I don't know. Low expectations, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he got a little pop in his bat, too. He's not going to win any batting titles, but he's got a little, uh, little juice to get it over that right field wall. At the very least, add some infield depth if you can convince him if he has to to go to the minor league. So Colton Wong, there's a name you know. He was signed today by the Orioles. We're back tomorrow. Total request Thursday. Inside access coming up here in a matter of minutes. Followed by Maryland basketball. Nolan, let's go home. Funhouse. Quick draws. Funhouse. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 105.7 The Fan. Start with this one here from Jason in Lutherville, who says, Do you think Justin Matabike is truly a next level talent, or did he have a solid year because of scheme and other pass rush threats like Clowney and Van Noy uh, also drawing attention? 
if those guys aren't back, will he take a step back with his numbers, Matabike, that is, next season? Well, if, if they don't have guys that threaten people on the outside, because who got doubled or chipped most time in every game? Clowney. So what does that do? That turns Matabike free. So he won a, one, a lot of one-on-one battles, and he's an outstanding run player too. So will it affect him? Yeah, if they don't have anybody that threatens from the outside, he's going to be the guy getting doubled all the time. So that will definitely affect his numbers. And with all due respect, he had more than a solid year. He had a monster season. Michael Pierce had a solid year. He had one of the better, best defensive tackle years probably in a long, better than any Raven ever had at that spot. No concerns with the scheme, though. You mentioned their change in coordinator. It's going to be the same scheme. Right. Same scheme. So uh, I don't see I, – I think the key factor is going to be the uh, the pass rushers. Uh, this is another one here from Mike says, how is Lamar the MVP if all the Ravens' best scoring games came because of the defense giving the offense strong field position, the strength of the run game, et cetera? Uh, I agree those things a major factor. That's why I question Lamar winning MVP. No, they, they don't win a game without Lamar. Lamar Lamar's a major factor in them winning any game. If he doesn't play well, if Lamar plays well, they, they'll beat anybody. If he plays bad, they'll struggle. That's the only guy on that team that you can say that about. Uh, and one more here from Howard in Baltimore. Talking Terps says, been a Maryland fan since Len Bias, but this year's team just flat out stinks. Uh, they already have as many losses as they had last year. Only watched a handful of games. Those have been a struggle to get through. Would you say Kevin Willard is regressing, and would you consider his seat to be warm? I don't think it's warm yet because, you know, he's getting a lot of money, and it's not like the Maryland Athletic Department's flush with cash. If he leaves, it might be to take another job. Louisville, for instance, could be something to keep an eye on. But have they regressed? Yeah. They got one of the oldest teams in the country, and they barely show up. They play consistent defense. You can't deny it. But offensively, they're challenged. I mean, even the win against uh, Rutgers, they shot 40%, 30%, 60%. Rutgers is just that much worse than them offensively. But regression for sure. Warm seat. I mean, is Maryland even a destination job anymore? That's something we could have a discussion about as time rolls on here. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Favor, back tomorrow. Total request Thursday, Inside Access coming up next, followed by those Terps against Northwestern. Maryland actually favored in this game, at least according to my one eye that works. We'll be back tomorrow for Dolan McGraw, Vinny Serato. I'm Bob Haney. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk in the morning. For now, class is finished. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 